Greetings from the Seventh Circle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Seventh Circle of Film. I'm your host, Kieran, and joining me is the only other twat willing to sit through both escape room films. Steph, how you doing? Hey, and yes, I, I wasn't willing, but you know when you kind of force yourself through it, I, I assume you get used to the torture at some point. I don't have to strap you down. It's the one thing you don't know. There's like a host of hosts before you. I just have to tie <laughs> up. Yeah. Just kill off the and lung, bury. Failed projects. Failed, yeah, yeah. Well, you're just playing the long game. Slow burning torture. It's a new method. Um, yeah, escape room today. So you'll forgive us if for once we pick on an easy target. We've like dealt with Silent Hill and The Exorcist and... Well, Ginger Snaps, I feel a bit like burnt out at this point. I don't want to do something that I can just, you know, lob one over the park and kind of just shit on. No yeah. one's going to care. I feel like this one will be a fairly short episode just because we'll be like, oh, fucking shit and fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, a couple of things we've like done in the last couple that I've quite enjoyed at least a little conversation at the start just going over a different theme each time Silent Hill obviously going over uh, video game films and the influence on that mm-hmm. uh, with the zombie stuff going over zombie uh, zombie influence and the like and with this yeah, I think it's prevalent to really talk about the idea of twists within film and the like and I started off, I went around a couple of mates and they're like, put out a few questions online just asking what everyone thinks the best twist in a film is. And you get the standard stuff, you know, like Sixth Sense. Uh, you obviously get Primal Fear. You know, that sort of shit that you'd expect to always come up. Yeah. You got a favourite? Um, I'm not well, you know that I don't really watch many films, so I can't really think of many like you can't think twisty... of a single film twist. Not a decent one. I usually watch really shit B movies, so think of a shit one. All right, the room where literally, well, may- maybe maybe it's like a deleted scene twist, but basically, um, did you know that there was supposed to be uh, vampires in that and the flying car? <laughs> No, that's a new one. Yep, yep. So, uh, basically, instead of him shooting himself at the end, spoilers, I suppose, if you haven't seen the room, but um, basically, there was like he wanted, he wanted to just get into a car and have the car fly away, and he was like, when someone asked him, like, what, why, why is the car flying? He went, well, maybe Johnny is vampire. You don't know. And that's that's literally how he ended that, how he wanted to end that film. So, um... You know, I'd respect that more than I'd respect <laughs> this stuff. <clears throat> okay, fair enough. Like, at least that takes balls to some extent. But it does, like, come into... When going through film twists and shit, and twists in general, you know, books and the like... Uh, to me, there are like two prin- core principles to it. If you want to do a good twist, two things you have to accommodate to. One, it has to be predictable. Like, you've got to be able to go, oh, you know, I should have seen that coming. I should have uh, had that. It's got to make sense within the plot format, you know, basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And the audience can't see it coming. 
I know they're kind of contradictory, but they work together for a good twist. It makes sense plot-wise, and it should be seen, but you shouldn't be able to see it coming. I mean, for that, it clearly fucking fails on the basic level of um, you can't expect it. I mean, we could make a twist in this. You know, we could, like, cut out the audio and turn to fucking The Italian Stallion by Sylvester Stallone. No one's going to expect it. But it doesn't make a good fucking twist because it's not predictable in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um. So, to be fair, on the lead-up to this, uh, before we, I actually watched these uh, Escape Room films, I watched another Escape Room film with a friend. Did you think, was, like, we were doing that one? No, I, I was... Mm, I was kind of hoping we were. Because in that one, it wasn't like, oh, it's an escape room and it's just fucking... There's evil people that are evil dicks and they record it for evil dickheads online. It was like, oh, this is just a magical thing and... You've always been in an escape room. You just didn't know it. Fuck you. It I was. Know, it's, a, it's a bit more existential. It's got some plot to it. Yeah. I could watch that. Yeah. Um. So basically, it was like. Uh. So the film was called No Escape Room. And it was basically like, oh, fucking, I've split up with your mum. It's it's about some fucking dad that split up with the wife and he's got the daughter for a fucking while and he's like, we never do anything fun. Let's go to an escape room. And they go to an escape room and they meet some other dickheads there that are like, we love this. And um, they start going through it and they start like hearing voices like they start hearing themselves talking through a phone call back to themselves and it's like the fuck is going on and then like this person turns up dead and they they've already left the route like a lot of weird shit happens and none of it's explained it's just magic i can live with that yeah at least it fucking fun do you yeah. know this is a 15 escape room? Wasn't a PG. I didn't realise that until like the end and I had to look it up. There's nothing fun in this. The only reason that I could possibly expect it being like 15 is like maybe some of the deaths where they literally like, we're going to film it so you see every explicit detail, but nothing really happens. Yeah, there's no explicit detail on them there. I can't record a scene where you saw blood-soaked stuff. That's what I want. I mean, what I was hoping for, right, was... Um, like, Have you ever seen Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Warriors? Is it Dream... No, that's the third one. Uh, Dream Master? Nothing to do with um, masturbation or anything. I, just so you know, I've never seen any of them. Fuck me. Right, okay. So... <laughs> Eventually, Freddy becomes a fucking caricature, and he just finds people's fears and kills them based on those fears. And that's pretty much what the first film was trying to do. Or at least trying to accomplish to some extent. You know, you had uh, a load of people set up with different ways they were surviving from the past. Or in the second film, you had weird fucking people with different quirks that were introduced seconds before they became relevant. And then, you know, shoving them into a situation where uh, they have to confront it all. But it was fucking pointless. 
nothing set up and as said the twists in this Jesus Christ they're terrible I couldn't see him fucking coming to be fair to the film but they didn't make any sense whatsoever oh I saw every fucking twist coming and I think that's why I'm pissed maybe I was just too drunk but I just couldn't fucking right actually yeah that is a point Uh, Kieran came over to my house to watch the first one and then we both went to the cinema to watch the second one so uh <laughs> he turned up to mine with half a bottle of whiskey <laughs> i was like um i think i'm gonna need this for w- watching this and i was like okay fine whatever um and he proceeded to make his way through most of that bottle in my fucking defense you're the one with a wikipedia article reminding you of each and every scene in the fucking yeah film. We did watch this about a week and a half ago, so that's my excuse. I have very bad memory. I'm an alcoholic, so. <laughs> because I watched fucking Escape Room. For my yeah. ho- that's my hobby. That's what yeah. I do for fun. Yeah. Blame the podcast. Blame the people listening to this podcast. Fuck them. I always do. Yeah, I hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. I might as well jump into it then, if we get yeah. fucking sycophantic. Yeah, okay. So, first skate room, this could be fucking short, there's nothing. Uh, Directing-wise, a lad named Adam Robertal, who did Escape Room, Escape Room 2, uh, Insidious, one of the Insidious films, one of the last ones, the last key, and uh, The Taking of Deborah Logan, which I'm told, yeah, which is pretty good uh, um, in terms of most of their uh, filmographies. Does he have like an obsession with the name Deborah? Well, it's just like a repressed memory. Yeah, I don't know because there's a character in this called Deborah as well. I, I just assume that he's got a, a, in every one of his films there's a person called Deborah. There's an actor. Was there a character called Deborah? Yeah, the the war veteran. No, that's the actor actress's name. Amanda. You're right. I'm a fucking idiot. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, that's what you get for looking at Wikipedia at fucking eleven o'clock at night. Professionals, right? ladies and gentlemen. Uh writing wise, got Maria Melnick, literally just known for Escape Room and Escape Room 2, always a good fucking sign that. Not even a short film or any shit. And then uh Braggy F. Shoot. Schult. Schult. Who did Samaritan and Fucking Nick Cage plug that we haven't touched on in a while. Uh, Season of the Witch. Hey. Nick Cage and Hayden Christensen. That is terrible. Oh, yeah. Right. Cast-wise, starring in both the films, Taylor <coughs> Russell, uh, played by Zoe, who's been in a few things, to be fair to her. Mostly kind of like hipster TV shows, Waves, Words in Bathroom, Walls. And Dr. Bird's advice for sad poets. Fucking, I could hear any, like, guy, you know, in a guitar with a douchey goatee, fucking slick back hair, talking about those at some slam poetry competition. Bullshit. <laughs> like, if your fucking horror film has more than four syllables in it, it isn't campy as shit, then you can go fuck off. It's rubbish titling. Uh, then Logan Miller, who... It's been in fun and stuff. Plays Ben in this and in the second one. Who was in a film called The Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, which I think you've seen. Yeah, that was uh, actually yeah. pretty good. 
fucking. I didn't recognise him. It's called well, Scott's Scott the Zombie it. Apocalypse. It can't be fucking good. I enjoyed it. So you've seen that, but not like Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I watched shit. I think we've come to the, this conclusion before. You need right fucking home here. Uh, otherwise, Love Simon and Before I Fall TV shows never heard. Uh, Deborah Ann Wald, who plays Amanda, who knows in True Blood. My sister watches that. Uh, Catch Forty Four, which is a Bruce Willis, I believe, like sort of semi sequel to Catch Twenty Two. It's one of those Bruce Willis giving in a paycheck kind of performances. It's just fucking awful. You could have just uh, said a Bruce Willis film. Yeah, modern Bruce Willis film. Where he gives the energy of an anemic sloth with fucking narcolepsy that's dead. And in uh, obviously all the Daredevil stuff, the Punisher stuff. Uh, True Blood. Fucking def- Defenders, was it? Yeah. Not in Supernatural, so you're not going to fucking know her, are you? Nope. But she was in Critical Role. I know her from that. The fucking, uh, not Will Wheaton. The uh, D&D. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I didn't know she did that. Yeah, she was in like uh, two episodes, I think, maybe. So I've got a life and I've played D&D rather than watching fucking people do it. I do both because I got have friends. no life. Right, uh, otherwise, uh, Tyler Labine played by, playing Mike. Who, to my eternal shame, I didn't recognise at all. I got into an argument with the Amazon credits, who was indeed in Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. I think yeah, I just had more respect for the man. Yeah, I uh, I remember shouting that out during while watching the film, and you're like, nah, he's got, mo- he's got more sense than to be in this. And then it zoomed in on his face, and you're like, fuck me. <laughs> uh, at least he dies. Yeah. I like Devran Wall. I, I hope it was worth it. I hope she got the royalties. It's going into streaming now. Not worth it. You heard about the Scarlet Joe stuff? Suing Disney because of streaming revenue and stuff. No. Taken out of cinemas, uh, Black Widow, and put into streaming, so she's suing them for loss of currency. At least I can say for Deborah, she'd have made her money on this. It's a pile of shit, but it does make money. Yeah, it made money. They made a fucking sequel of it, so. <laughs> made a shitload. Uh, and then rounding out the cast, Jay Ellis playing Jason, who's like the douchey. Like, um, you ever seen the film called Office Space? It's like The Office, the UK. I don't know why I keep saying that. But he plays like an aggressive version of uh, the boss from that. A complete douche, a psychopath. I don't know why you keep asking me if I've yeah, seen anything. I don't know why I do. Uh, budget box office wise, can you guess how much of a profit the first film made? If I said I it was made on a budget of ten million or nine million, how much of a profit do you think it made roughly? Um Well, considering I'm looking at the box office and the budget. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you I don't want to guess. <laughs> a budget of nine million. A box office drum roll fucking plays a hundred and fifty five million. Yeah. Who bought tickets to this shit? I used to be um, that says it all for me. Uh, I mean, teenagers? who's the film for? It's teen- yeah, it's teenagers. I don't yeah. quite understand why they put it at fifteen, because they want that tween audience of morons. Who you know what I'm coming. You know what I'm coming to realize, like literally in this very second, we're grumpy yep. old people going. These fucking teenagers making these fucking shit movies profitable, so they bring out sequels. Well, You're the fucking... reason why 
fucking movie cinema shit these days. Oh, they fucking are. They fully <laughs> are the reason that horror cinema is shit. You've got two periods in like, horror watching. You've got the kiddie stuff, which is fucking great, like from uh, about 7 to about 13, 12. And in that, you've got stuff like Paranorman, Coraline, Watership Down. Fucking phenomenal films. I'll throw the never-ending story in there for the Swamp of Sadness, which is just fucking depressing. And like, you've got that stuff that, oh, teenagers think, oh, it's uncool, it's shit, and I'll watch this instead. This has got fun, action, death, it's shit. And then you like you jump forward into the young adults, who are also morons, but I've kind of got that hipstery coolness to them, where they refuse to watch this drug, this uh, drag. I don't respect them for it, but, you know, at least... Uh, at least they watch decent stuff. Sometimes. Uh, after that, going into the trivia and stuff, fucking nothing. I said certified as 15. Uh, I think you found something about Polish girls? Oh, right, yes. Uh, because... Because we literally couldn't find anything about fucking this film. There was literally no trivia, no nothing. Uh... What I was able to find is uh, that this this film was postponed by about a few months, I think, because uh, in a number well, in a load of different countries, because five Polish teenagers actually died in a real life fire in a an escape room in Poland, and they pushed it back to kind of like, well, we we don't want to be like. You know, fucking, we stole the idea from this, so we don't want to be rubbing it into the families of these people. So we'll push it back a few weeks. It's one hell of a legacy to leave, isn't it? Yeah. Like, at least you stopped. I mean, you didn't stop the film coming yeah. out, but you delayed it. It's something they tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Maybe that's why they did it. They just set a match alight. Yeah, we heard about this escape room film coming out. We've seen stills of it. It looks shit. Let's uh, burn ourselves alive and protest. It happened once, I know, with another horror film, uh, where it was. It wasn't even delayed. It was just flat. It didn't come out in the area. Did you hear about the uh, Slenderman film? It came out a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, done like Blumhouse shit. From I remember, mm-hmm. and in the Wisconsin area, there was a Slenderman killings. Uh, where like, a load of little girls took a, another girl into the woods and stabbed her to death for the oh, Slenderman, yeah, yeah, sacrifice yeah. and all that. It just wasn't released in the area. So it's a shame I mean, the Polish girls tried, but you can't stop the might of... I don't know who the producers are of this, but clearly it didn't Columbia Pictures, work, an original film. There you go. <laughs> Almost stopped them. <laughs> well, they got close. Yeah. I can respect that. Not enough, though. <laughs> Work harder, girls. I mean, well, not I, anymore, obviously, but... Oh, shit on you, Gray. I'll, pit, I'll spit on it. <laughs> still released. You've still failed. Useless Jesus pricks. Christ. Next time. A lot next of time, this is going to get edited out. Crucify <laughs> yourself. Next time they need to crucify themselves. Disembowel yourself or something. Really get it going. Fucking destroy the idea of this film ever coming out. Oh, Christ. Right, okay. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> So, start of the film. Yeah. Uh, what I like to call a classic scream start. 
starts with the, oh no shit no actually before we go on there is one of the bits trivia uh, that I got one of one of my mates helped me through to look at and you uh, researched the touch uh, Minos the uh, villain of the film or the name of the villain of the film was a Greek uh, king was it a Syrian king yeah it was a uh, or a Greek, I think yeah Greek mythological figure first king of Crete. Yeah, obviously you got the Minotaur in the Labyrinth. Uh, but yeah, delved into a bit deeper into it, and the Greeks, as we all know, fucked up gods, fucked up mythology, like Miles. And uh, what was it like? So, <clears throat> the Minotaur, born of uh, King Minos's wife, who Poseidon made fall in love with a bull, and they got it on, and then Poseidon ripped the baby bull Minotaur from uh, the woman's teeth. And shoved it in a in a uh, maze to kill people. Labyrinth every seven years or some shit. No, basically, uh, the Minos found out that his wife had sex with the bull. The baby was born, and he was <laughs> like, "Well, you're not my kid. I'm gonna put you in a fucking labyrinth." And then every every nine years, he sent seven people into the labyrinth as like a punishment for the people, but also, I I guess to feed the child. Every nine years? Yeah. I've got to really like, string them out then. Beef jerky, you reckon? That's got to keep the longer. I mean, it? it's it's like, a Greek myth, so... I thought bulls were... I mean, I know they eat grass and shit. I just suppose the Greeks just weren't uh, that onto their uh, minotaur physiology. I'm disappointed. Yeah, jumping in, then. The film itself, classic scream start. As I said, you've got uh, the opening scene to, yeah, really push the film's kind of tone and direction for the whole thing, which is a cock tease, mm-hmm. where they show a vaguely interesting scenario that in like any other film, if I was directing this, if I was really going for it, I'd show, I'd do like horrible special effects. You know, like the, um, the fucking crushing scene in... Uh, not even the crushing scene. You know, like the scene in uh, fucking Total Recall where he goes into space and he blows up. Yeah. He, like expands and fucking. I'd do that. Like, <laughs> have, having the guy crushed in this scene, I'd have him like start to squeeze open and expand out and then burst into a pool of blood. Because that's what you're there to see. That's what teenagers are there to see. They want to see this fucking burst of blood. They want to see this horrific rainfall. But you're too scared to make it an 18. What the fuck, guys? Yeah, uh, with me, it like I don't enjoy people going. Oh, here's the ending of the film at the start. When when you get to the end, and it's like, oh, but it wasn't really like just fuck off. Just I don't mind you showing like com- like completely unrelated people like dying at the start, or like to kind of. To kind of show, like, oh, not everyone fucking survives this, you know? Or to kind of build the stakes to... Or give you that first kind of jump until you kind of level out and whatever. But... In this, it was just like, oh, well, we'll show you this little scene of what's happening later. And then when it does happen later, you're like, well, we've seen this. Why why the fuck do I care? Yeah. It's it's just a bit of tension's just drawn out entirely. 
when I know that he survives all the way through, so I know, okay, he's fine this scene, he's fine this scene, he's fine this scene. Yeah. And you've got a basis that he's on his own, so I know that, well, he's not going to fucking die. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Up until the end. It's it's pointless. Like, you want your first guy. If they had, like, a scene where some other twat died in the escape room, that's fine. Yeah. That establishes everything. It does the job, but you kind of, like, having your cake and eating it too in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm talking like- about fucking oh no, go ahead no I was just going to say like you said if you show the person on his own possibly dying in this room every scene where he's with someone else you're like well he doesn't die in this so if you yeah. ever bring the tension to like oh he might be dying in a minute like no he's clearly fucking nut because we saw him die earlier in the film yeah uh, talking about fucking dumb teenagers so a lot of the clues in this mm-hmm. are just impossible to get. And I was saying, like both of us play D and D and stuff. Both of us do that tabletop stuff. And we've DM'd for people with uh, run games and mysteries and stuff. People are fucking morons, and I'll just like jump on random shit that yeah. you had no idea they would. And the problem with so many of the clues in this is everything's so specific with what you need to do. You need to do A and B and C and D. You need to do them in this order. And they're impossibly fucking specific things. No one, no one would do this. Everyone would die. Yeah, like... I've been, I've been to a few escape rooms. Not many, but... Like, I've been to a few. And none of them are as nonsensical and fucking weird as this one um like oh we've put a key in a fucking block of ice like okay and the way that they sort that that shit out we'll get to it when we get to it but that's fucking stupid as well yeah no that was fucking ridiculous (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it, ultimately, it's again to like get teenagers to go. Yeah, that's clearly how you do it. Yeah, I do it this way. Fucking fuck off. And again, it's it's like twists with things like this with escape rooms, especially. It's one of those things where I should be able to work it out before they can. It's a mystery, and I should be able to go. Yeah, you should do this and this and this. It should be difficult, but I should be able to do it. And that's half the fun with these kind of things, especially with escape rooms. Yeah, uh, like, I I don't know, it, it just, this entire film seemed like a fucking shit show from start to finish. And I don't, I don't know if you remember the ending to it, but they, they had like a fake escape room in an airplane, and they were doing, we'll deal with that shit later at the end, and the idea of the employment fucking schedule in this place. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, they said 4% survival chance at the airplane and the CEO or whatever the fuck whatever it'd be for this thing wasn't happy with that so presumably whatever challenge this was was more than 4% I mean bollocks did 120 of people get through this and survive and what poor twat had to do the ice stuff just sending in volleys of work oh the fuck but yeah that the implication there is just that more than 5% of people got through this the workers and worked it out. Bullshit. Every room. 
Yeah, no. The, uh, uh, to be fair, uh, so they get through the first room, and then the second room is literally just like, oh, there's a key, I'll open the door. Like, it's fucking stupid, like, the, the lengths that they go to in, like, this film specifically. Now it's like, right, we'll make this one really fucking difficult where there's loads of shit to do. And then when we get them into the next room, we'll completely change it around and be like, this one's really easy just to fuck with you. It I'd fuck with, with them myself. I just like yeah. put doors. Just this is the exit. Just fuck with them. See how far <laughs> I can get. I get more entertainment out of that. I get more joy out of watching people just shit scared of having to touch a handle. Uh, yeah, following the shitty like prologue, I suppose you get a Suicide Squad esque kind of thing, like a cast introduction, uh, and this is also where the film kind of falls on the wrong foot. So with twists, as I said, the idea is you have to be able to predict it. And with a film like this, it's all based on character. It's a character study. You see how they react to different situations. Because if I can't work out the mystery, that element's gone. If you've not got any gore, that element's gone. So the only real fun I've got is learning the characters, learning how they think, and then thinking, oh, how are they going to react to this? How are they going to adapt to this? The characters are so fucking shallow. I can describe each and every one of them in a sentence in like four words like you've got psychopathic businessman mm-hmm. uh, you've got annoying uni student mm-hmm. uh, twat low wage worker hillbilly uh, and uh, annoying nerd oh an army chick yeah like, do they have any other qualities anything beyond a stereotype not even a fun stereotype in this film no and then they try to like wedge something in in the second film but fuck you for that really (laughs) well there are two routes you can go with this you can either make a nuanced character with you know an intimate backstory and you go in depth into everything they've done to this point you get little uh, nods to their uh, story behind which is difficult I'll admit so for the writers of this film, here's the easy fucking solution. Use fun stereotypes. Do fucking the absolute mad hillbilly. Get a criminal to go through it. Get like a death row prick who's a mass murderer. Get a fucking... Um, <laughs> yeah. Get like a... Oh, like some drug addict to go through it. Or a... I don't know. Even just like a single mom who desperately needs to get back to the kids. A fucking clown. I don't know. Like anything. Anything with some substance to it that's just B-movie fun. You can go the proper route or you can go B-movie fun. Either's fine. Just pick one. And yeah, they, again, they try to go the A-movie route and fucking fail. Absolutely. It's just stereotypes. Yeah. Can you name all of them? Have you got the list in front of you? Yeah. Because I had the list in front of me about a second ago. I can name like two of them. Yeah, that's fair. I can I can name Zoe. I can name Ben. That's yeah. fucking it. Yeah, unfortunately, I've got the list in front of me, so I can name them all. But I wouldn't want to. Do you think you could identify them if I gave you like the name tomorrow? If I gave you the names and the pictures? Uh, no. I'd maybe remember three of them. 
if that. Yeah, uh, this one then. You don't have this list up. Can you name any of the characters beyond Zoe and Ben in the second film? Any of them? Um, Priest? (laughs) Um, I don't know his name. uh, Not going to be written down anywhere. uh, Nose piercing chick. Crazy Mexican, and I can't even remember that character existed. Um, it was fucking leprosy woman, and, Rachel, and and uh, bold gangster that dies in the first room. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Named them all. <laughs> Boo yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, with the Suicide Squad start, you establish each of the stereotypes, which I think, even more so than like the actual Suicide Squad film, which is terrible, or um, the far better animated versions. Mm-hmm. Which I believe you actually have seen. That's fucking something. I hope. So Christ, at least. Great. That, I, that, that, great. I've, that I've seen the Suicide Squad animated The animated ones, ones yeah. Brilliant. Um. <laughs> in each of those, you get an introduction to each of the characters, right? Uh-huh. Which you don't really need because if you're watching the animated shows, you, you fucking know them. You know who Deadshot is. You know who uh, Black Tiger is. You know who uh, Harley Quinn is. Yeah. You fucking you know these people. Killer Frost. Mm-hmm. The KG Beast. Uh, but they still get these little introductions and it shows more than just this is their occupation this is one basic trait about them you've got an element there you've got something they're looking to you've got a reason for each of them to live that's the most important part of it in Suicide Squad you've got an established reason that yeah these people need to survive not just because they need to survive but they've got someone at home you know or they've got a thing driving them forward or they've got a you know a philosophy yeah did anyone in this film have a reason to survive beyond I need to survive? Does anyone have kids? Except a, like the fucking Amanda, whose kid was only established retroactively in the second film. Yeah. Um... So that doesn't fucking count. If you retroactively add stuff, it doesn't work. Actually, haha. Except the... Mike. You can fuck off oh. with Mike. Never it's one. Then. It's one. Yeah. Fucking Wikipediaing it, cheater. I I didn't actually Wikipedia that. I just remembered that he was like, yeah, I gotta go back to my fucking daughter or something. Sure Maybe niece. Niece. I think it was niece. There you go, niece. I genuinely I, there's nothing about that on the Wikipedia page. So uh, stereotypes themselves as well, really badly established. As they often are in things like this. Like, how do you write a smart person? Well, they're a little annoying, very introverted, and talk about equations like they fucking love it. Well, I've I've met people who took physics. I'm mates with some of them. They don't do that. You don't get fucking like little epiphany moments of oh, have you heard about the electrons that jump about when you look at them? Have you heard about this little theory? Have you heard about it? No one gives a fuck. And have you ever seen a lecturer or teacher ever go, you need to talk more in class? 
and not I couldn't give a fuck about you. Um, you go away now. I always got moved seats in a certain class because I talked too much. So, and even when she moved me, she put me next to someone that I'd never spoke to before and I'd be like, hey, how you doing? And I'd start a couple of conversation with them and eventually they'd just be like, yeah, get outside. So, no, they usually like, shut the fuck up, read your book and fucking write down question one. What's the answer, you prick? At least that's the uh, education that I had. Why am I not fucking surprised? Fucking sorry. <laughs> that's what you that's what you put me on the podcast for, mate. The uneducated opinion. I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, you got the smart person. Uh are any of those actually introduced thinking about it? Like briefly. Yeah, you've got the alcoholic dickhead that killed his friends in a car accident because he was drunk, so He's sort of briefly introduced, yeah, to be fair, but yeah. He's got something. And he's got something more, actually, than the others. I'll grant the film. He's, he could be a minor character in a good film, mm-hmm. I think. That plot of his, like, minimum wage work, he needs to get out of it. That's something. Who's an alcoholic drinking on the job who asks for a promotion while drinking. Yeah. You want to know why you're not being promoted, mate? You're fucking... He's got a fucking little hip flask and he's filled it with fucking whiskey and he's drinking it in front of his boss and he's like, yeah, do you mind if I go out? Like, you know, I need I need the extra pay to move out of my mum's house. Can you, uh... Can you, uh, give us like a, like, a customer-facing job? And the he's dude's like, get... no, you're a fucking alcoholic. Fuck off. He's gonna get a customer-facing job. He's gonna need the money for a bigger flask Yeah. by the end of the week. That's what it's going to go on. I You're can not going stop to buying Frosty Jacks to put in this hip flask if uh, you gave me a higher raise, you fuck. You want a customer-facing job, mate? You're just going to need to buy more alcohol now. It's going to be completely <laughs> offset. Anything you earn. I've worked them. They're shit. Yeah. I agree. I have to. But yeah. So, yeah, the theme of like all of them is I've got PTSD. As you find out at one point or another, or they've they've been lone survivors. Yeah, I can remember some of them. I know that like you've got the ice one, you've got um, the uh, army girl, the ice plane one, crash. the fire one, the 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 one that was unable to breathe, the one that was in a car accident, the one that oh, actually two that were unable to breathe. <laughs> Which was Mike's? He was what in was... a he was a he was in a mine shaft. He was in a collapsed mine shaft with oh, his brother. I was, I was kind of hoping he'd like have uh, some ridiculous backstory of he fucking like took psychedelic drugs on the the father. That's another thing. To be fair, some of them tie into the rooms. Most of them don't for some reason. They've oh no, they all, they all do. Not really. Like the reindeer one. That's. Bollocks, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's that one. Like... That one was bollocks. That was literally just a fucking room that they could leave. But who's the collapse room for? The collapse room. That the, was the for... like collapsing room. The that fucking... was for Mike. Oh, that was Mike's. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, but he did. They died expect him to there? get that fucking far. I assume they expected everyone to get that far. They expect the fat old guy Cause... to get 
Because Danny point... died in the ice room and he didn't get to his room, so... The annoying little nerdy twat that expected yeah. him to survive. Did they expect all of them to survive all the way through? How I think... fucking much faith yeah, did they have? I think they were like, alright, clearly the fucking military veteran's gonna die first, so let's get her fucking room out of the way. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, the fuck? Okay, that's it. Who was the collapsing bar room? What bizarre That, that was for Zoe, because she was in the plane crash, and apparently, according to her Wikipedia page, um, she was trapped in an upside-down uh, aircraft, uh, air, aircraft for ten days, so... Oh, fuck off. She'd have died. Yep. You know, people on upside-down torture, they can't last more than, like, few hours. Yeah, because the blood rushes to the red. They'll pass out and then eventually die. But yeah, with all the PTSD stuff, acting-wise, they're just annoying. Mm-hmm. Like the PTSD is a mild nuisance for the film for everyone. It's not debilitating, it's just, oh, you have a nightmare occasionally. With weird hallucinations every now and again. That's annoying. I feel like this is somewhat insulting towards PTSD survivors, but I can't really say for certain. I just feel like, given the competency of the film, I'm going to assume it is. Yeah, probably. I'd assume so. I mean, I was offended and I didn't even... (laughs) I was just offended by the film, I guess. (laughs) In terms of the actual recruitment and everything, right? So... Out into the meta of the plot of fucking escape room. We're looking deep diving into the uh, fucking world building. Mm-hmm. Recruit. They've got to be easy ways to recruit people than this for an escape room. So it's that. It's that classic bullshit plot of millionaires paying for entertainment and the like. Right. So basically, how they get people in to uh, basically come in for this fucking escape room. They send these people a puzzle box, like a Chinese puzzle box, that once finished, pushes out a piece of paper saying, come to Minos, this is our address, there's a $10,000 reward. They don't have to finish it, but most of them did nothing with it and threw it against the wall. I reckon they just give up at some point and just go, fuck it, you're a moron. Yeah. You just come anyway. Why you send a puzzle box when you can literally just send a letter going, hey, you've been nominated to go for this fucking escape room. Here's a $10,000 prize because no one's ever finished it. Like, I'm, I'm fairly sure that will be enough to get those fuckheads into the escape room. But You see, my bigger problem with the whole thing is that clearly they've like tracked and just spied on all these people throughout uh-huh. time. And so they must have tracked and spied on numerous people checking it. They've got to be easy ways to get people in than this. And I mean, what if everyone had died in the first room? Is that just, oh shit, well, we spent millions on this and it's useless. Yeah. Bollocks. Oh, they didn't even get to see the second room. We spent fucking thousands on that, you bastards. Do you think there's a refund policy for the watchers? I should fucking hope like, so. If they don't make it to... Oh, yeah, I'd hope so. Like, consumer rights and everything. Yeah. If you don't get what you paid for, you should get... There's always right. that one twat that's like, I bet everything that I own that everyone dies in the first room and then they're like, fucking yes. 
<laughs> same guy every fucking time. Yeah. One grumpy twat. All money on black. It. Well, guess I'm fucked then. All right. Well, I'm stopping watching. Talking about death and everything, it is pretty easy to see who's going to die when. Mm-hmm. Like beyond thinking, oh, that's a big actor. They won't kill them off immediately, or maybe they will. It's written into the contract: die, kill me. I can go fucking home. But yeah, I mean, Danny was fucked. Yeah, and he was he was talking a lot. He was describing escape rooms and shit. He was dead. Yeah, you can almost like you can almost choreograph. Well, not choreograph. You can almost like sense when a person's about to die just because they telegraph it very fucking like. It's almost like they shout it in your face. Like this person dies next. Yeah, pretty much each and every time the person that dies takes charge. And she runs around like Amanda. She takes charge in the ballroom and she fucking dies. And she gets a load of screen time and stuff. Uh, Danny dies in the ice room and he's had a load of screen time at this point. Mike dies in the fucking infirmary. Though, to be fair, no one gives a shit about Mike. It's just rubbish. Uh, no one's cooked alive as well, which would have been fun to watch. Can yeah. I just have like one fucking guy. Just to be like, yeah, just, crisp for just have an stuff. extra. Just be like, oh, hi guys. I, I've been in the back room all this time. Oh, fuck me. It's hot in here. <laughs> God. Of all the deaths they had, I mean, you had falling, which is shit. Uh huh. Nothing to it. It's not fun to watch. You had drowning underwater, which was shit. Like floating. Yep. You had uh, being electrocuted with paddles, which is a bit shit. And uh, a dude getting his head cracked against a square table, I think. Yeah, it doesn't have much of an impact. No. Of anything but, I suppose, the dude's fucking head. <laughs> but yeah, it was just rubbish. Like, all the deaths they had didn't really have that gore potential didn't have that fun side of it That they had a 15 they could have done stuff oh actually no he was poisoned so there you go he died from poison he didn't even ha- well he had his head cracked but that's not why he died I suppose it injects some life into the film yeah <laughs> I'm gonna make that. my fun somehow yeah enjoy that pun you fuck <laughs> You didn't give me time. Uh, yeah, but jumping room to room, they're all recruited, go to the place, and you're introduced to them bit by bit in the, as I said, biggest stereotypes. Big businessman, annoying nerd, fucking grandpa, Florida. They're all a bit wishy-washy. Uh, and they touch stuff all the time. Like, for all these films, they just keep touching things. Even yeah. after people die. Yeah, I like that um, pretty much the first thing that happens to kind of set all this in motion is uh, Ben, the alcoholic that killed his friends in a car accident. Um, he basically is like, I'm going out for a fag because fuck you guys. Walks up, pulls the handle off the door and there's like a safe uh, combination underneath it. And he's like, um... Guys, 
and he's like, alright, everyone's like, yeah, you don't fucking touch anything. And then he goes to touch something and he's like, fucking stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this whole room was shit. Like, the key was in the fire extinguisher that was sunk behind the wall. Again, it was just impossible to work out. Yeah. A lot of fucking... A lot of, like, logic leaps needs to be made to just kind of pass it off. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. That That's how that would work. But again, it's for teenagers. Teenagers are too stupid to work things out. So cinemas and films have to pretend that they are working it out for them. You have to go, oh, you worked that out, didn't you? Yeah, it was really simple in this way. So teenagers can after it go, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. It's yeah. the equivalent, right, of going into a Nando's getting a mild chicken and exchanging the uh, fucking flag with extreme and it's a little convoluted work with me here right stay with me what it is is having a really shit mystery that's impossible to solve and is absolutely bare bones and like not watertight at all anyway and then letting people pretend that they solved it and having it look like it's impossible to solve mm-hmm like having it so convoluted that at the same time it's impossible to solve and yet really fucking straightforward if you can pretend and go through the steps. Ultimately, because there's no meta to it. And that's the bigger problem. <clears throat> it's just A, B, C, D, E, F. There's no like A, you gain because of clues from B, which you gain from clues from C, which you. There's no like running pattern to it. Mm hmm. That's just obvious, which why it doesn't work. And the first one was like it just gets hotter and hotter. I love how at this point as well they don't. I mean, most of them go what the fuck's going on, but the moron, the nerdy idiot who does escape rooms all the time, hasn't cottoned on whatsoever. But oh yeah, they're cooking us alive. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> it's just you know, it's just to get us moving a bit faster. That's all it is, guys. And I was just yeah. Like, Mm. they all make it out of the first room which would have been the most fun death yeah, by far but we can't have fun might cost money to be fair, 9 million, 9 million is quite a bit for a low budget horror that's it's a decent amount of money mm. I mean if someone gave me 9 million I wouldn't com- uh, 9 mil I wouldn't complain no, I mean, you can at least do a decent stabbing death on 9 million. Yeah. <clears throat> no, you can do a decent stabbing death on 3 grand. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. Just stab him. <laughs> yeah, so after that, you've got um, the reindeer room, which is, again, the most convoluted shit possible. Like, imagine if Ben had died yeah. in the uh, fucking original place. If he'd been burnt alive and they just starved to death in this cabin how shit for TV would that be it's like, it's like Hunger Games level right so people watching people die off one by one for fun and same like a gladiator arena kind of thing mm-hmm. obviously gladiators didn't die as much but that kind of equivalent it'd be really shit at so many stages and nine times out of ten like, they'd all just be sitting starving to death in the reindeer room because Ben had died do you think they'd just open the door for them eventually? No, because they're 
they're fucking dicks. The people that are in this are dicks. The people that are fucking doing the room is a dick. Like, uh, eh? I don't see what, yeah. like, honestly, I don't see a point where I'm like, yeah, I want this person to get out of there. I'm like, I want to see this person die in an interesting way, I guess, but that's literally all I kind of expected from these films. And I didn't even get them dying in an interesting way. Yeah. More evidence, <laughs> by the way. This is definitely for fucking teenagers. Uh, first things first, Danny, the nerdy kid, he starts explaining escape rooms for, I don't know, who hasn't who hasn't heard of escape rooms at this point in their life? Yeah. They're everywhere. Why do we need this character? And the other thing, the first thing they try on the lock, it's something like a person of history. It's uh, trying to work out how long Rudolph's name is so I don't embarrass myself. Six letters long? Seven letters long? Seven letters long. There you go. I can edit that out depending on which one says it. And they start on like president names. Yeah, they're like why? Yeah, uh, it was the clues something like um, who's left their mark on history, and they're like presidents, obviously. And they're like Lincoln, fucking Kennedy. Uh, it's like okay. Yeah, I'll grant you. Like, I, I, maybe I don't know much about American culture, and I clearly don't, and I've displayed that fucking palpably with uh, Jess and Trav mm-hmm. but I, in this country at least if went mark on history I wouldn't jump to prime ministers I don't think I could name five prime ministers pre John Major yeah I don't do politics in the first place so f- I mean that's history could you name like three pre Pre Margaret Thatcher, could you name three prime ministers? Blair Brown. Pre fucking Thatcher, so pre nineties. Oh, Churchill. Um, yeah, and that's the one you're gonna jump to. I mean, there's like Churchill, Chamberlain. Um, I know Asquith. Asquith. Uh, Lloyd. Oh, there's a couple, but. You don't fucking jump to them, you know. The average person on the street wouldn't fucking know them. Yeah. Beyond uh, like Churchill. Literally, I, I, literally, Churchill would have been my first and last guess because I don't know anyone else. But now that I know there's a person called Asqueef, I'm going to fucking Google that guy. He's pretty fucking boring. Yeah. What an Asqueef. Um, yeah, why they went to... Uh, fucking, and that's why they went for um, presidents is because it's teenagers who are also going to go well what fucking history people do we know well there's presidents and there's Martin Luther King because fucking old fight in our history class talks about them that's Hit all they up. know so that's the ones they picked because again retard teenagers watch this yeah it's um trying to relate to them no it's and they're... who left their mark on history you know Justin Bieber Fuck off, kids. Yeah, you can leave Fucking, that bit in. That, that really is an old person thing. Yeah. Not even Gucci, like fucking uh, Gucci Mane or Little Pump. 
No. That's going way back, Justin Bieber. He is fucking nobody now. Who's Little Pump? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke either. But yeah, anyway, so they get out of the fucking first room, they get into a fucking little, what is a, essentially a small cabin with loads of fucking radiator antlers, and that's Ben's room, apparently, because he was singing along to fucking the Christmas song when he had the car accident, so... How did they know that? I don't fucking know. They must have, like, fucking tape recorders in his car or some shit, because they fucking... They were on that shit, like, white on race. Like, he wasn't a lone survivor at this point, so clearly they're just watching millions of people hoping they end up as lone survivors. Pretty much. Like, we're going to rig your car so you end up being a lone survivor. <laughs> Which essentially makes you not a lone survivor, just a fucking unfortunate victim that stayed alive. But you know, That'd be more reasonable than the idea that they're just watching thousands of people going, please, someone die in this group, please. Yeah. Oh shit, it was the wrong guy. Right, scrap those lot. Yeah. Um, they get out of that, and, and then they get into a fucking... What is essentially a large, belt-out like ice fucking ice lake. ice rink pretty much yeah ready to die in a winter wonderland and that's the dickhead stuck traders um room and at this point you're like okay he's clearly a dickhead because there's one cult to go around between like the fucking six of them or whatever there was or whatever they start asking for Ben's lighter because he's the only one that smokes, apparently. Um, and then he slides it along the fucking ice because I've got to telegraph this death very fucking quickly <laughs> um, towards Danny. Danny fucking plods along, picks up the fucking lighter, and then as soon as he does, for some reason, they're like, okay. Danny needs to die here and the ice explodes upwards and then he falls through the ice yeah he basically ends up doing the ALS ice bucket challenge in extreme mode yeah comes to Danny sickle that one doesn't quite work yeah no that one doesn't work but I'm going to leave it in if I'm recording editing this um, it's still, it works with certain names It uh, just Danny doesn't roll off the sun but, but yeah, um, he fucking freezes and he does that standard, you know, smacking against the ice beneath. Yeah, he's in a water current, even though technically it's basically a large swimming pool with a sheet of ice over the top of it. There's no fucking current anywhere. Yeah, were they pumping through this then? Or what, I don't, how the fuck does that work? I don't know. I think at this point they're like, oh, there's a current, but it's really just fucking Danny being an idiot and he's just going like... <laughs> oh. Maybe they just didn't want to save him. <laughs> I don't blame them. It's one person, one less person to wear a coat. You know what I mean? Um, I think it was just fucking Danny. I'd have wanted the prick dead. Any of these guys would have wanted dead. Maybe that's but it. Yeah. They're not incompetent. They just hate everyone it, else. It's not even that. It's like they specifically, like the games master, specifically kills off Danny himself. Like, oh yeah. Because they even say in the in the game, they're like, the, the fucking ice exploded upwards and then he fell through. Like, there was like like a small, I wouldn't say C4, but there's like a small, like, 
explosive device underneath the ice just so I don't know why they'd put it in that specific spot like yeah okay this is their mark this is where they're going to stand it's definitely this is where they're going to stand you know what's they get the one laugh at me this scene laugh when uh, who was it one of them responded with where did Danny go yeah the large fucking large fucking hole in the ice like where the fuck do you think he's gone he went to heaven. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> he found the, Danny's he gone. Found the exit. Big hole. I, to be fucking fair with the cast of this lot, I wouldn't. This this is the same fucking people who put together these impossible challenges that no one could get reasonably, and they can't work out. Danny gone. Big hole. Where the fuck <laughs> Danny go? Yeah. But so so basically, they find a load of convoluted shit. They find like a fucking um, a compass. They find all that stupid shit. None and of more, it. More uh, like evidence and shit, like that this film hates its audience or thinks its audience are morons, which they are. But that's beside the point. Mm. I'm allowed to say that the film isn't. Uh, they have uh, a thing where it's about True North. Like the girl goes, "Oh, don't trust True North," and they repeat it. Yeah, they repeat like, it like six fucking times. I saw it about, what, 10 seconds ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a memory longer than a fucking anemic goldfish. I've got this in hand. Yeah, like, they they find all these fucking convoluted things which eventually leads towards a block of ice with a key inside of it. So... They all start passing around his coat, and obviously, dickhead stock trader is like, "I'm fucking keeping my eye on that coat because I don't like the coat, and I'm gonna fucking oh, I want that coat." Um, and their their genius plan to melt this ice so they can get the key out is put their hands on it. Yeah. Now no, I don't think I have much to say to that. Now, Spit on it. Piss yeah, on it. Like, maybe it's just me, but they've given you a coat. Fair enough. Yes, it could use use could be used to keep you warm, or you put it over the block of ice and sit on it, or you know, something. No one was like hugging during this. No, no one was like, together, yeah. cuddling up for warmth. No one was. Yeah, basic basic survival instincts. People are just like, nah, let's just put our fucking hands on a block of ice. It'll fucking that'll warm us up, right? <laughs> fucking idiots. Anyway, have you so, ever seen um Taskmaster, the show? Uh, that came out on, like with Greg Davis. Oh, I've heard of it. I haven't actually seen it. No, they had like a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Where it was make this piece of block of ice disappear in an hour. Mm-hmm. And they did various stuff with the block of ice, right? So they like put it in the oven. They put it, um, they smashed it up a bit first, obviously with a hammer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did all they can. It's really hard to make ice melt. Like, it, you need a lot of fucking energy, a shitload of energy, of heat energy, to get it to melt. Mm. It's, it's it's ridiculous. It's something like four thousand joules to make one gram of it mm-hmm. go. There's no way they'd have done it before they'd have got frostbite. Or frozen. <laughs> like, no chance in hell. With just body heat alone, it, it was impossible. Yeah. I just wanted to 
the uh, filmmakers not looking up the which would have been fine like the filmmakers not understanding this would have been fine if it was a B movie I yeah. feel like let it slide but but they made people pay for this in the cinema sort of had like you know what they should have done they should have got celebrities to do all this and like had them die in funny ways like a kind of taskmaster thing but you know they kill people and have vanilla <laughs> ice die here I'd have watched the film with vanilla ice in it yeah but then they could have made like loads of like uh, puns like you know, or uh, iced tea, or you know, iced tea would work. Okay, anyone? Or cool as ice? Or get Arnold Schwarzenegger just make fucking yeah. um puns. Uh, yeah, Mister Freeze puns. <laughs> <laughs> it keep me entertained. But yeah, so. They get out of that room, which instantly leads into. Uh, I think this, this is the is... bar room to save you having to scroll the Wikipedia oh, down. Right? No, I, I, I'm genuinely not even bothering to read that now. Um, so, if it is the bar room, then then it's an uh, basically it's a bar that's upside down, with a large jukebox on the one side. And the strongest phone cord in existence. The, yeah, the strongest fucking phone cord in existence, and also a upside down pool table in the center of the fucking room. Yeah, and Amanda played by uh, Deborah Ann Wall. Deborah Ann Wall, lovely actress. Shouldn't forget her name. Mm-hmm. She starts taking charge, climbing up stuff which she didn't do before. So I mean, she's gonna die. That's absolutely certain at this point. Uh, she acts her heart out in this. You notice that she was actually all right. Yeah, she's a, so bad like I said, Yeah, she's an actual decent actor, and I'm just, a, I'm sorry that she was in this fucking film. And Tyler Labine, to be fair, or Labine. He was fine. Yeah, both good actors. Like, he, he was genuinely quite good as well in this. Yeah, he didn't phone it in or anything. Like uh, the phone did, fell down the floor. Fucking flawed not, performance. I'm not even. There gonna... you go. That's the one. Flawed performance. <laughs> <laughs> that's the pun that you're sticking with. That's the one that's going to be staying in the final cut. Yeah, that's the, all of these are sticking. I'm proud of them. <laughs> Hemorrhage viewers, but okay. Yeah, it's all good. It's just for us at this point. Here's another way to uh, lose you. Is I actually like the song Downtown. Just putting it out there. Downtown? I don't even know what that is. The song in the film that... Mate, I'm... Oh, I'm, don't, I'm... Make, don't make me start singing. Yeah, don't start singing. I'll, I'll Google uh, it later, it's fine. When you go here, you'll always know. Downtown. downtown. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Da, 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 da. I fucking like the song. Okay, yeah, that's just you then. Um, yeah, so floor starts caving away. A little bit of danger on the dance floor as they start jumping to the side. Mm-hmm. What's that? Don't go for that Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling. There's a way I can spin that. Yep. I've got to find a way to have fun. Leave me to it. Yeah, no, that's fine. And, uh, I mean, again, it's some convoluted mess of... There's a sliding puzzle which is sort of fun. 
There's an eight ball they need to get. And yeah. they find it on Basi- the ball. They nearly drop it. Yeah, basically all that happens is they fix this fucking, like, this fucking weird puzzle that's on the jukebox sort of thing that's made out of albums. They use that to be like, oh, there's fucking, like, 11 orange, so that must mean that the first code for that safe is, like, number 11. Like, all that shit. So they work out the code for the safe. They find the eight ball in the safe. Um... And that must mean, oh, we need to make, like, fucking gymnastic show in. So, um, Amanda, here we go, the, uh, war veteran, she starts taking the, starts taking control and fucking starts, like, gymnastic leaping from fucking bar stool to fucking pool table and all that bollocks. And then... Um, just when she's about to put the eight ball onto the table where it's supposed to be, she falls and knocks herself. No, she falls and no, she drops the ball, jumps down, grabs it, and just as the floor's about to fall away, the phone drops, like the phone drops and holds onto the uh, holds onto the table, I guess. And it's the world's strongest fucking phone cord because it doesn't snap as soon as a woman's weight has basically jumped and held onto it and then dropped. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have more respect for our audience than this film does. Deborah Ann Wills in the second film. Uh Uh-huh. How? I'm not quite sure. Because if you didn't see it, it didn't happen. And you think she'd be screaming all the way down, wouldn't you? Yeah. And there'd just be some you really awkward... you hear a awkward... massive fucking thump uh, of her hitting the elevator shaft on the way down. And it's like... I presume there'd be but more screaming. Yeah. Then, like, she didn't go through soundproof glass, lads. It'd just be like... that. Everyone would be looking down, confused, going, why the fuck she's still screaming? And it'd be obvious... Yeah, the cast gets snookered. Confused, walk off, thinking she's dead. I'm happy today. Yeah, I can tell, mate. I can tell with all your shitty I didn't even write all these. (laughs) (laughs) But again, twists. This is like the big twist of the two films, right? Mm -hmm. Amanda survives, true. And later they have the same twist, pretty much for Zoe. Neither makes sense. Oh, for Benjamin. Zoe less so. Far less so on Zoe's end, but um, do you mean Ben? No, no, Zoe surviving. Uh, fucking during the whole uh, getting knocked out in the medical room. Oh right, yes, yes. Yeah, that makes no sense whatsoever. Never did. Nah. Well, so yeah, it, they oh, they try to explain it away like oh. Actually, I think we specifically said, uh, they specifically say in the film, like, what did she want an oxygen mask for? In a room where she's suffocating, what do you fucking think she needs it for? But I mean, in my head, it's, there's poison. It's way too high up. She's dying. How? How did she get that? How did she not die during that? Why did they put oxygen in that? 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they'd go, oh, you've got like three minutes to get out of this room. But if you're fucking clever, there's these large oxygen tanks that you can fucking breathe out of. If you're not brain dead. Yeah. Completely like, deficit. If a, if a room's filling up with fucking carbon dioxide or whatever the fuck it is, I'd be like, Oh, monox- monoxide, mate. Monoxide. I don't fucking care. I'd failed science. Like carbon dioxide. They could put a few plants in there and it'd fill up with carbon dioxide. I wouldn't do... No, it'd fill up with oxygen. You put yeah. plants there. You put people in there, it'd start filling up with carbon dioxide. That's how that works. Yeah, but you can't breathe in carbon dioxide, can you? Yeah. Yeah, you breathe in carbon dioxide constantly. Like, you breathe it out again, but... Ah, fuck it. Whatever. Anyway, you've a room's filling up with this mysterious gas. The first thing I'm fucking doing is looking for an oxygen tank, especially if it's in a room that's literally made to look like every one of your fucking hospital beds or bed chambers. One of one of them was uh, survived a fucking carbon monoxide poisoning recently. Maybe his room had a fucking oxygen tank. I don't know. So I'd go there, you fucking dicks. Yeah, this whole and the whole um, end to it. Find out that you need to find the limit of this could be a good thing actually, a fun little thing like a saw esque. Or have you ever played Heavy Rain? Yeah, the game. We heard about it, like where you have to, he has to saw off his finger and do yeah. extreme stuff. Or I hate to say it, the film called Truth or Dare that came out a few years ago. Never seen. Where they that. had to do dares and stuff. Like this could be a fun little thing. Like find the limit of your survival. Mm-hmm. But it's I don't know. It just feels disappointing. Like it, there's not enough of a payoff for it. Like you don't see him about to pass out. You don't see him struggling. He just does it. Oh yeah, this is I'd a like... room where uh, Mike dies as well. Because they that was disappointed. Yeah, because. There's some there's some bullshit about uh, you need to take something to extreme limits and shocking limits one would say yeah they automat well sorry the dickhead stock trader automatically goes well clearly that that means that one of us needs to get fucking like the defibrillators stuck to our chest so he he goes to Mike and he's like well clearly it's you isn't it so let's fucking zap ya and Mike's like um no and then stock traders says something stupid and the Mike's like okay and kills him um and then stock traders I'd have gone for like the jumping jacks you know yeah I would have like defibrillator yeah you're suffocating at some point your heart rate is gonna go just to kind of keep you alive but whatever um but yeah the stuck trader at this point is like oh maybe it's me because you know i do fucking yoga and meditation i can i can stop i can lower my heart rate and then he lowers it to an extent where it's extreme apparently and then they're just like oh the door's open bye bye and at this point Meanwhile, Zoe's like having a tantrum. Yeah, she's having like a full-on existential crisis. Like they're fucking recording this. I'm gonna smash all the cameras and fuck these guys. 
I mean, there's the other problem with this thing. I feel like an organisation, they've got millions, clearly, billions probably, mm-hmm. to create these rooms and have they have loads of staff and everything and everything all built up. Would they not have, like, a guard with a gun, like, trained, that can't be taken down by a university student and check that they're dead? Like, basic stuff. Yeah, basic shit. No, I don't think, you know, why would they, you know? Poke them with a spear? Maybe a point well, stick? I thought you were going with that was, would they not, I don't know, instead of buying those shitty security cameras that, like, every dime <laughs> store has, like, fucking Poundland has these fucking security you cameras. The fake, the fake cameras from Poundland. Yeah. Instead of Gosh, getting those, yeah. why don't why don't they get, I don't know, decent ones and put them inside of the fucking ceiling instead of like like put like the metal grating over it so they can't actually get at the cameras. What do you think especially that like people are paying to watch this? Yeah. I'll be really miffed if like the camera's destroyed. What the fuck man? I'm paying tens of thousands for this. I paid ten grand to bet on this woman dying, you fuck. I wanna see her die. But yeah, fucking, fucking stupid shit. Um, yeah, I know you just lose your train of thought. Yeah, it's just there's nothing to it. There's no substance. It's just crap, and that's the problem. With most of this film, there's nothing. The to it. The worst thing is, we're about an hour into the film at this point, and we've been describing it for about twenty minutes. You know, this is one of the few times where we've actually almost hit like one for one film to podcast time. Yeah. This might be the few times where like our podcast is shorter than the two films combined. Because there's no substance to anything. Yeah. So, fucking. Basically, they assume Zoe's dead at this point because fucking she passed out and she, she was lying next to an oxygen tank. And. They killed Mike, which, to be fair to him, he probably writ that in his contract. Like, I've seen the rest of this fucking film. I want to die at this point. Um, I should hope so, anyway. Uh, so, Ben and Dickhead Stocktrader go into a room that's pretty much... It's like... It's pretty much the same thing, but there's, like, fucking pounding techno, and there's, like... It's one of those weird, like, fucking zebra-painted rooms where, like, there's just abstract shapes on the fucking wall for no reason. And there's, like, um, a submarine door that you have to, like, the the ones with the circular handles that you have to turn to fucking pull. There's one of them in the centre of the fucking room. And as soon as they touch it, there's, like, this is all greased up with some psychedelic drugs, man. And everyone's face is melting and they're, like... It's really a poison, and there's an antidote in this room somewhere, and then they both start freaking out and fighting over this fucking antidote. Um, yeah, there's no drug on earth that would do that to you that quickly. No. And I've, I mean, I've done psychedelics. <laughs> Doesn't. It's not going to go that far that quickly <clears throat> if you touch it. Just nothing. Yeah. And that could that can happen. That shit. In uh, the classic film, one of my favourite films of all time, Fear and Loving in Las Vegas. That does drugs right. 
the fucking fun end of it, not the whole melty facey shit. And uh, I've... so, music and film. I'm sure you're aware of it. They, music and films often used to uh, allow you to shoot stuff cheaper. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you need to put audio in after usually, like punches, footsteps. Because, you know, it won't get picked up on the sound system. Yeah. You'd need the boom mic right next to it and then get in the way of the shot. And so often you'll just put music over stuff. Just deafeningly loud. Just to cut out all their sound. And it, it works. You know, it's a suitable workaround for uh, sound in a film. and it, It's fine. If you've got not got the budget to do something, you do that. The kind of visual equivalent never works. The visual equivalent to it is either massive amounts of jump cuts, like the classic Liam Neeson taking 15 cuts to get over a chain-link fence, or just strobe lights, massive amounts of strobe lights. Yeah. And I think they've done both in this one? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I couldn't see what the fuck was happening. Yeah, so... At any point. I, there's also one other thing that I want to point out at this point. They say that there's only one antidote in this room, right? Yeah. So, if all five of them had survived up until this point, or all six of them, I I genuinely can't remember how many of them were. Six. Um, How the fuck would that work? Well, they all have to kill each other. I I, I suppose not everyone had to touch the fucking handle of this this door, I suppose. To be but, fair, probably only the guy who actually works out how to do it. Yeah. It would just heal him and then... Yeah. I, spo- I suppose that probably would actually made more sense, yeah. Never mind, well, like, maybe the fucking... Yeah. But, no. Maybe it was just that Ben was a weak little shit and couldn't move it. But if that's the case, then fuck me. Ben is an idiot, because... Like, I know relatively, like, just from looking at something, I'm like, I probably wouldn't be able to lift that. So, maybe leave it to someone, like, they specifically tell him at the start of this film, don't go around touching shit. <laughs> and he, he's like, I'm gonna touch this fucking handle. Fucking Patrick Star in, what is it? I might actually just shove that in, that whole touch, touch. Yeah, like why? Why fucking bother if if you know for a fact you can't fucking do it? Just go. All right, I probably couldn't do that. Do you wanna grab it? And then when the dude starts freaking out and is like, "All right, there's a fucking I'm poisoned and there's an antidote." But like, oh, here you go. Here's the antidote. Fucking there you go. Instead, he starts antagonizing the dude that's clearly fucking stronger than him, and he's like, um. Did you kill your friend and take steal the jacket? Because basically the stuck trader's fucking backstory comes up at this point. I don't fucking know why. Yes, it's always a good idea to antagonise the psychopathic guy who nicked the jacket. Yeah, and he's bigger than you. The dude that will fucking cl- that clearly killed someone in the last room and has no fucking remorse about it. The dude who you might rely on to survive. Yeah, as well. Yeah, piss him off. Yeah, piss him off. Do, get do him that. to start attacking you and then fucking be like, I've got an antidote. No, no, I never, no, no, never mind. 
I mean, fair enough, he does fucking kill him, but he kills him by accident, so I wouldn't really say it was fucking on him. Yeah, and then after all the Strub stuff, we get the uh, the beginning of the film. Yeah. A little sliding... What is it, like a sitting room? There's yeah, it's like a little study there. sort of thing. Yeah. There's like um, There's like a bookshelves and there's like a little fucking those dickhead globes that all these rich fuckers have the the large globes um, leather chairs and all that bollocks and and then yeah there's literally no there's no like anticipation for anything to happen in that scene it's literally just like oh yeah we'll see him do the exact same thing again just a bit quicker and um Oh, he escaped. Great. Okay. Yeah, cocktees. Yep. Absolute cocktees. And then it jumps back to uh the room where Crushing disappointment yeah. as it were. It jumps back to the room where Zoe is to kind of go Oh yeah, no sorry, she is alive. Um and then her jumping to fucking people that work for Minos, I guess. Yeah, to like hazmat suit, yeah. looking like the fuckers out of uh, Monsters Inc. And apparently they both carry handguns because she takes one off them and she's like, "All right, I'm going on a fucking Rambo spree at this point." Uh, she starts running through the place, probably not knowing where she's going, but eventually she finds Ben, and he's. You, uh, you know, in reality, that handgun would have probably been on safety. And it had done nothing, and I really doubt some uni student's going to know to click the safety off. Yeah, I bet you that's what would have happened. And then although it is America, it is America where everyone has a gun. Yeah, they've got safety on that. Unless it, I think it's like the Glock something has got the safety automatically off. Yeah, but you have to really squeeze the trigger to yeah, where it like gets a, far off. Like a four-pound pressure safety. Yeah, sort of thing. But I mean, they clearly weren't Glocks. I say this like I know everything about guns. I vaguely remember like the odd thing. But, I, I know uh, a yeah, bit about she, the safety would definitely have been on them. Yeah, and it would definitely have done nothing, and they'd have presumably smacked around the head. Yeah, but so yeah, she jumps two fucking burly dudes in hazmat suits, and gets the better of them, and then fucks off with their handguns. Um, Ben at this point is talking to the games master and he's like, yep, you won and we did all this because you were guys were the luckiest survivors and we wanted to see if luck was part of the thing and we've had games where it was literally just like only women, only fucking dudes, only like athletes, only whatever. Um, It would be so fun if you did that right, the right way, I mean, like... I said only psychopathic murderers. That'd be a fun film to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just murder everyone in the first fucking room, and it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, guess, it'd be uh, I guess that's that one done. I mean, uh, can you imagine like getting the freaks out of something like um, all that freak film, twenty fifteen about the psychopaths take over a circus, Halloween circus. Just get a fucking load of them together. Or uh, the Rob Zombie films. Oh, yeah. Get yeah. those fucking families together. It'd be brilliant to watch all the Texas Chainsaw families. 
I'd fucking adore watching Leatherface go at these challenges. There you go. The Hills of Eyes family versus yeah. Leatherface's family. There you go. Fucking race against the clock, room by room. I'd watch that. Yeah, so basically the Game Master starts talking to Ben about all this shit. And he basically is like, well, no one really survives. And then he starts to fucking choke Ben out, even though he has a gun on him. He starts choking Ben out and fucking Ben starts fighting back, even though he's got a broken ankle at this point and all that bollocks. Um, Zoe runs into the room. Both of them kill the Games Master. And then the Games Master's in the game. Like yeah. a big X room on the screen. What was that about? I don't fucking know. Like that makes no sense whatsoever. Like, Why would he be? From what they were saying, or what they brought into the second one, I can only assume that he was a he was a survivor from a previous game. Because that's what they brought up in in the second one. But he does not look like a survivor of fucking anything. <laughs> Like Santa Claus's weedy brother. Yeah. Yeah, this motherfucker ain't surviving the trip up the stairs. Nah. He dude ain't looks like walking down to the corner looks like shop. If he broke into a light jug, he'd have a heart attack. But basically, yeah. So they fight him off and kill him. He ends up being part of the game and whatever. Um, and then. It kind of jump cuts to Ben in hospital recovering while Zoe takes like a group of detectives to where the building is and the police don't believe her because when they get in literally it looks like an abandoned wet like abandoned like block of like uh, just apartment buildings I guess and then you gotta give it to these guys they're prolific yeah they don't believe Ben either because he's got drugs in his system because, you know, he touched a fucking wheel, I guess. Um, <laughs> Zoe has this fucking um, brain fart of, like, no way out spells Wu-Tan Yu, and I don't know who the fuck Wu-Tan Yu is at this it, point. It was a doctor. I think he might have been the one who helped design all of it. Yeah. It, he, like... Did, did a lot of his, the game master says he didn't design it that was the designer I think that was Wu-Tang Yu mm. the game master was just some twat I don't know like the PR guy Okay. I, I don't know what he did other than be useless and die yeah I, I really just want to get this fucking shit over with so like could they not have just shot Ben I should, I'm really annoyed could they not have just had security guards there and just shot him yeah, that would have been fucking or, great. Or had, like, the book-crushing room, the study room, just kill him. Yeah. Be on a just don't even book. open the door. Just be like, yeah, sorry, bye. So many ways to avoid this. Yeah. But basically, they, basically nothing happens because no one believes any of them. Because Zoe took them to a fucking empty house and Ben's on drugs. Um, and then it skips to like, oh, six months later. And they, they're they meeting up for fucking brunch or some shit. Like, 
Oh, we got over that. That was fucking great. I mean, after six months, I still think I'd be fucked up from that shit. But whatever. Um. So Zoe meets up with Ben. Ben's pretty much he's moved past it. He's like a fucking. He's a vegan dog food designer or some shit. Yeah. He's doing some fucking bullshit. He's doing. Vegan you know, I I went food. to a talk in Birmingham about vegan cat food. Mm. That you've like the most miserable cat in existence, on the tin. Fine, if you want to be a vegan, be a vegan. But yeah, vegan dog food, so, vegan cat food. Sod off. So one of our friends, their sister is a um, a vet, and they're basically they specifically are like don't give vegan fucking anything to animals because they're they they are basically they're predators that's what they are they they hunt for their food so don't be giving them vegan shit because it'll just make them sick and they'll die quicker just just fucking let them eat what they need to eat just don't be a fucking idiot it is funny you gotta look it up yeah it's great but like the most miserable looking cat in existence all I could get for this stuff but um, yeah. So Ben's basically a fu- he's top dog at this fucking vegan cat food place or whatever the fuck he is. He's like, yeah, yeah. They they promoted me to be this, and I'm not an alcoholic anymore, and I don't smoke, all that bollocks. And then Zoe turns up. She's like, so I've got this like notebook full of all these news articles saying like fucking Amanda died in a fucking cliff climbing accident and fucking. I don't know how they explain away Danny's death because he, he literally drowned in the fucking ice. So he was a nice cube, um, like yeah. I, they she turns up with this fucking notepad and she's like, yeah, we need to fucking get these people and whatever. Ben kind of basically just goes, look, these dudes are fucking millionaires. We don't want we're we're no one literally. Let's let's just live our fucking lives and be done with it. And then I, another thing, if you're making a logo for your business, don't put your fucking geogra- like especially if it's like a fucking illegal business. Don't put your like uh geographic location inside the logo because that's fucking stupid. You know, I think they did it specifically so Zoe could find them. I reckon because I, I can't, yeah, I can't see any other solution I, I to this I without them being absolute morons. I don't see a reason why they would if they expect her to die in the games. Option one is they're absolute idiots, Minos, mm-hmm. and they've put for some reason put their coordinates that. It's into their massively illegal business, gigantically illegal business, into their logo, which I mean, who the fuck does that? Mm-hmm. Or option two, Zoe's a moron for believing in any way that this was um, real and not like giving to her on a silver platter because no one does this in real life. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm willing to put the money on. I mean, to be fair, Zoe was shown to be a genius for all this thing, so who knows. Eh, maybe. Well, yeah, that's her thing, though, isn't it? She's meant to be obsessed. Everything's a clue, this, this, and this. Yeah. So, so I'll lean on that she's an idiot. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm willing to lean that both are fucking idiots, so I'm okay with that. Um, so Ben, obviously, he's like, I'm doing better with my life. This has only helped me, I guess. But yeah, let's let's go and help you, I guess. Let's go fucking poke the hornet's nest. Um, and then it jumps to the next puzzle maker going, hmm. Well, no, sorry. It jumps to a scene where there's some stewardesses running about on a plane, or what you believe to be a plane, doing puzzles. And then it zooms out through the fucking cockpit windows like, oh, we failed this simulation. There's only a 4% chance to succeed, I guess. And then there's a douchebag with his back to the camera like, hmm, we've got to give him a bit of a chance, I suppose. <laughs> like, how many people are involved with Minos that you basically hire fucking, like, fake actors to sitting... Like, bearing in mind, in this fake, like, simulation aircraft, there is a person in every seat. So there's at least, like, fucking 300 people on this fake fucking simulated flight that are pretending that they're having a crash. And then you've got... Do you got... think they, like, went through backstage? Yeah, they they had fucking auditions. Like, can you sit convincingly still for about three hours? <laughs> they paid for that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I kind of want know what the benefits were. Do you, do you get healthcare as a person of Minos? Do you know that what you're doing is essentially massively evil? Is everyone just okay with that? I mean, yeah, this is going into finding out fun ways to kill people, but fucking the benefits. I get free dental. Yeah. Like, like, who do you get for this? Like, even if you're not included in on, like, oh, it's meant to kill people, why the fuck would you sit there and be like, oh, this is supposed to be, like, a flight simulation, I guess? And why would you sit yeah. there going, wait, the, the, why are the crew kind of running about solving puddles and riddles at puzzles I think and riddles. Think, why the fuck am I being paid £500 to solve riddles I mean again scenario one they're not told about this at all and they're just being paid to solve fucking riddles yeah and see how well they can do it and presumably they, because it's a like, 4% chance of getting it they must have done this with a lot of teams so that's Loads of people you're gonna to have to hire to do this crap. Yeah. Or uh, scenario two, everyone's in on it. Uh, they have just one hell of an NDA agreement. Yeah. Oh, oh. The, the best disclosure agreement I, I will ever say, made. This is all to catch Zoe because she's terrified of flying, and they heavily hint that she's going to be getting on a plane to Manhattan. Which is where apparently their um, Minos are located. That's where the, the coordinates lead them to. Um, Whatever happened to the old classic, does this rag smell of chloroform to you? Yeah, exactly. And then. And uh, so basically, they very heavily hint towards, like, oh, basically she's going to be getting on a plane, and the plane that she's going to be getting on has all these puzzles. And then. Because they were like, oh shit, that would be a really short film. 
they very quickly kind of go uh uh let's let's extend the the gap between her getting on the plane and we'll basically put the second film in between that i think it was more oh shit this film actually made money oh no we actually have to put effort well effort yeah no effort was put into this that or it's effort but it's just effort from people who are talentless that's kind of sad in a way this is this is the best someone could do genuinely this is the best someone could manage I'd almost feel sorry for them if I didn't have to watch it fuck you and your dreams (laughs) (laughs) on that note uh, might as well move straight into the second one Escape Room 2 Tournament of Champions all I could think was um, again the Taskmaster thing they did a Tournament of Champions like Bob Mortimer and Noel Fielding who'd have been far more funny and interesting if you did an escape room around them (laughs) I'd love to see Noel Fielding go through this and get frozen under ice like the Mighty Boosh cast that'd be great Get um fucking what's his name from uh, IT crowd and Toaster London Matt oh Matt Berry oh yeah 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 he'd have been fucking great to watch through this yeah but no no fun for us as yeah Escape Room Two Tournament of Champions directed again by Adam Robertal who same stuff again written again by Maria Milinic. Uh, losing the uh, Mel Rice this time, being replaced by Daniel Touch, who did a film called Burn Notice and another one called Hand of God, which, from what I can tell, is a slightly rubbish drama. Uh, cast, Taylor Russell, returning as Zoe. Logan Miller, returning as Ben. And then, new to the scene, Holland Roden, coming in as Rachel, who was in Teen Wolf series, and... Uh, do you remember the Talking Dead? That show that they like had after the Walking Dead. Was that to like discuss a... it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it was awful, and no one watched it mm-hmm. because no one's that obsessed. They had um, Wolf Watch about Teen Wolf, apparently. Oh, great! And that's like her second credit. Lol. It's. It's got to be shit, hasn't it? Who watches that? Uh, and then Follow Me, which looks rubbish as well. And uh, I'm, yeah, it's one I'm going to butcher. I have to butcher one a day. Indiana. I'm going to say Indiana Moore, who plays Brianna. I would have said India. Uh, India. Yeah, actually, yeah, there's no Anna. I don't know. <laughs> India. I, in, India's better, yeah. Brianna, who's in a few TV shows, uh, Posse, Steven Universe, which I've been told's decent. I mean, it's one of those, um, you know, those shows where all the characters are shaped like beans, mm. like fucking baked beans, all of them. Like they've got one segment for their head, one segment for their body, and then tiny arms and tiny legs. I can't stand those shows. Like Adventure Time, every human shaped like a bean for some reason. It always just rubbed me the wrong way. Same with like Gravity Falls. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, also in a film called uh, The Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. Um, which could be rubbish. 
probably rubbish. A budget and box office slightly different this time. Obviously, we only had the opening week to go off, uh, at least at time of recording, or at time of doing this. And I haven't been bothered to look it up again since I researched it. Fifteen million dollar budget, nine million when I looked at the box office for the opening week. Have you got more up to date stats? Uh, thirty one point one million. Okay, so done a little shit, a lot shitter. Yeah, it's done a lot shitter, but it's al- it's already made double its money. It's one. Is that the pandemic or is that apathy to escape room? Uh, I'd like to think it's uh, apathy, but I think it's pandemic. Possibly a bit of both. I don't think anyone was excited. No one ever is excited for these sequels, are they? Yeah, no I, I think ev- I, I think everyone's clucked on to that the sequels are usually worse than the original at this point. Not even that. I, d- I just think that films like this, the teenager uh, pandering crap horror films, no one cares about, with no effort put into them, no love, no care, I don't think anyone ever cares about them. And it's more just what's on, what horror's on this weekend. And kind of escape rooms are dead now a little. I don't know, falling out the zeitgeist somewhat. Yeah, am I wrong about that? I, I I feel like they've kind of they had their time in the sun and died now. Yeah, I I think maybe two three years ago everyone was talking about how they wanted to do escape rooms and now it's kind of just like oh, I guess we could do an escape room or something. It's kind of one of those pastimes where it's like oh yeah we could do that but we could also just literally do something better. Yeah, uh, it, it's like the equivalent of like bowling. Or, yeah, um, it's literally. Who fucking goes bowling anymore? Well, I go to a bowling alley just to go to the arcade. That's about it. Yes, I'm one of those fucks that still goes to an arcade. No, fair enough. You just reminded me of the fucking next topic we've got down the list. Uve bowl. Oh fuck. (laughs) Oh piss. All right. Yeah, I think they've just fell out of the limelight, and no one cares anymore. No one went to see it. I mean. Same time Escape Room 2 was on, it was like The Conjuring 3, which is, yeah, alright. Uh, was Jungle Cruise with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which was probably a bit rubbish. Old with M. Night Shyamalan, which is definitely terrible. Um, Quick Black fucking Widow. Reviews. Uh, Black Widow, which is decent. Yeah. Uh, not bad, not bad at all. Rachel Wise, fucking Damon Harbour. Um, I've been good, to- actually. I've been told that uh, from the person that I usually watch horror films with, that old actually gave her like uh, actually shit her up. So um, that's rubbish. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's really bad. Like two scenes in it are decent, but it sounded like Shyamalan. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be good. I talking about the cinema. Um, was it your? That was your second time back, wasn't it? Watched thing from this uh, I've forgotten how crap it was like at peak time at a cinema on a Saturday when everyone's there it, it's rubbish like people talking through it the adverts are just annoying as fuck yeah they've got this thing at Cineworld right and I usually love Cineworld I've got a card I go constantly I'm not going to shell for them but uh, a few things that really annoy me about them they have one, they have the phone advert, turn off your phones about five minutes before the adverts stop, which fuck you, man. 
when you put out the turn your phones off, turn off the adverts. Don't let them pay more money to be after that shit. And they have an advert where uh, celebrities shill for Cineworld. Like they just start going on about how they love going to the cinema. Yeah. And it feels like you remember that Imagine song that they sung. Yeah. Oh, start the pandemic. Fucking yeah, yeah. It feels exactly like that. What shit? I don't care <laughs> if they enjoy it. Why should I? And I'm already here. Yeah. Like, who are you trying to buy over with this? You, you realise I paid for my ticket. I'm I'm in the seat. I'm not going to suddenly decide to fuck off. Yeah. And just like Colin Farrell likes going to the cinema. To be fair, the more that the and... more that they try to persuade me to keep coming back, I'm, the more I'm like, I will get up and leave. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cinemas are great, but yeah, there's. I've just reminded of the crap as well, semi occasionally. Uh, so, trivia wise, literally nothing. I'm about for once. Got nothing. It just wasn't interesting. There's nothing there. The only thing I could find uh, was something on IMDb about a plot hole with the acid rain that should have took the lock off the phone booth yep like during the first downpour yeah yeah I I figured that shit out I was like well if everything melts then and you need fucking acid rain to melt the padlock I'm sure the rain would have touched it which I feel like that's a bit disingenuous if you're going to put plot holes in the uh, trivia then it'd be miles long like Brianna not having just collapsed to death under the acid rain, that's plot hole number one for you. <laughs> She'd be dead by now, she was so useless. Yeah, I don't know how she finished her first escape room. Because uh, I suppose we'll spoil it, I, well not really a spoil it, they fucking put it in the name of the, not the subtitle of this film. Basically, this game is basically previous winners of... Yeah, there's apparently other winners because they don't just randomly kill all them before they fucking leave. Um, other winners uh, are back and they're seeing who's the champion of the champions. See who's winning all of it. And again, there's some convoluted fucking puzzles in this one as well. Yeah. Uh, start of the film, jump, go chronologically as always. It takes a different uh, way of looking at things than the first. The, the screen method is admirable, taking on that. It you know, builds up the tension early, gives you something to look forward to. Even if they fucked it up, it's a good building block to work off of. The one trope I really despise out of sequels, and the one start I fucking hate, is uh, the flashback start. Mm-hmm. Like, going over what happened in the first film, as if anyone cares. Yeah. Who was sitting there going, oh, I forgot about Escape One, it was lovely, I want to see what happens, I want to be reminded. I need to know the continuity. Must know. Who? Who? They've got to have played this for test audiences. Which monkey clapped to this? I remember Zoe. I remember Ben. 
My fucking primitive brain enjoys things I remember, conforms to my worldview. See, I don't... I I understand why they would do it, because the first one was boring as fuck, and if you don't remember it, then here's a little reminder. You don't need to remember it. Yeah. Is my point. It's pointless. I don't need to know that Zoe and fucking Ben and Amanda existed. I can I can get it. I can understand it. Teenagers aren't this stupid. I know I've like fucking slagged them off this entire run, but I'm gonna stick up for them a little bit. They're not this dumb. Uh, didn't at the start of this film didn't we uh have a um didn't we try to predict what would happen? Yeah. Uh, we did all this in the cinema, taking notes. There's another thing I hate about the cinema. It's really dark in there. Taking notes isn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it looks like the scribblings of a madman. It looks like someone's taking LSD. This is like the diary you'd find in the Manson house. It's just everywhere. Yeah. Like, if the Manson family wrote inside with their left hand, took LSD before doing so, and just didn't sleep for seven nights, and did coke, <laughs> this, this would be the resulting handwriting. Illegible is a fucking understatement. Yeah. I, I so bear with me. Uh, if I remember correctly, I tried to. Pre- well, I predicted that one of them would die. I I, I predicted. I think Ben oh, died. Oh fucking! Oh, one of the two. I thought you meant one of the cast there. Bravo! No. What a stellar prediction. <laughs> what a fucking ballsy out there. No, I predicted the odds that, on that. that uh, I think Ben would die. And then about ten minutes after I said that, I was like, wait. They'll fake it. They'll fake it out. Yeah. And, and I had the, they're going to bring someone back. Yeah. I was happy with that. Yeah. Which... If we can predict that before the film's even started, you can probably imagine that the film is going to be shit. You can just watch it for that. Don't (laughs) Don't watch it for that. Yeah, don't watch it for that. Basically, this film starts out with the fucking flashbacks and the same conversation that they had, they have again. Zoe talks to a therapist and the, her therapist is very clearly like, we want you to go and uh, we want you to go to Manhattan. Go. You you go to Manhattan. You see you see where this fucking Minos place is. You you go do that. I, we want you to get onto this plane. You do that. You you go onto this plane. Go. You know what I never got? That whole like this is a clue speech. Yeah. I don't think I'd have remembered any of it. Yeah, like getting on the plane itself. I, I'd have like gone. Oh, are you my therapist? Oh no, you look a bit the same. Never mind. Yeah, I've got on with my day. Yeah, so like, I wouldn't have stopped. Yeah, her therapist is like everything's a clue if you fucking make it look seem that way. Like she picks up a book. This is a clue, and she picks up a pen. This is a clue, and fucking end of the film. Everything that she picks up is on the plane. Like fuck you. Anyway, yeah, I don't think the writers quite understood. I, I know they th- they thought they were smart there, setting it all up, but they weren't. Yeah, no. 
Because, again, the point of a clue is something that you can use to work something out mm-hmm. and that you can logically leap from. None of that... I know that the point is they don't look like clues. Oh, but they are clues. Yeah, but we as the audience need to know that. Yeah. Like, for foreshadowing, there needs to be an element of predictability to it. And granted, this woman was like about as fucking subtle as Snidey Whiplash. Yeah, she About as subtle as, like, the fucking... The, the best fucking... Um, you know, that, that one guy in every fantasy film, like Boromir, that sits there looking over the ring and just goes, shall be mine, I'm a good guy, yeah. I swear. About as subtle as that. Mm-hmm. Right, Amanda's also clearly still alive. Like, you, you get yeah. that about five, six minutes in. There's a load. She talks about Amanda a load, Zoe. Yeah. And there's flashbacks yeah, to that, stuff that that's didn't it. Yeah, happen. Yeah, So basically, um, her she leaves the therapist's office. She's like, yeah, I'm not flying. So they decide to drive. They drive. Zoe gets her necklace stolen by some dickhead. They chase him onto the a subway train. The subway train fucking splits off and there's only five of them on the cart. So it fucking... It, basically the, the the subway train is basically the start that's the first room and it starts getting fucking electrified it's a bag of shit um, you know in the trailers I'm sure I, I might be just making this up but it was sand that was filling the train car up it, I'm certain someone drowned in sand in the trailers it, it's possible I don't think I don't think they know what the fuck they're doing in this film. So, you know what? I want to know with the train cart though. So we saw how they got um, Zoe and Ben there, right? Stolen necklace. How did the rest of them get there? Like you'd be paranoid as fuck, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like after having been in this, I I don't know. Um, Is it like a timeshare seminar? A free holiday. What what could they have possibly have done to got all these people to New York together? I can't think of anything like you could send to me that I can't think of anything that you'd send to me that I'd a want to go to. Yeah, if it's out of my way and b not immediately think this is clearly a trap. Yeah, if this is an invitation from someone I don't fucking know, I'm usually like. Nah, I'm not going. And even if it is from someone... This is just me personally, but even if it is an invite from someone I do know, I'm probably going to be like, nah, I'm not going. I The problem is, the scale you'd have to go to... Oh, she can't go too minor, because then it'd be, why the fuck am I going to New York for that? Yeah. Like, if it's like a free fucking restaurant meal, sod off. Yeah, but no offence, they've been promised ten grand previously and they didn't get that I mean maybe the other winners did but, oh, but they, they don't know it's a game the problem is like minor you wouldn't go anything major you'd immediately know yeah it was Minos yeah. like instantly go yeah that's Minos I'm not doing that and if it was minor you'd probably be like I can skip that so I yeah, yeah I don't yeah I, I'm with you on that I don't know why the fuck they were there did they kill every game master as well? They must have since then. Like, did they get through game masters like nothing? Yeah, they they just hire previous fucking winners or pre- previous fucking failures. It's fine, but um, 
One of them's like, yeah, oh, it's my girlfriend's birthday, and I promised her that I wouldn't miss miss it. Obviously, he's gonna die first. So, uh, they they need to find these like subway tokens to kind of put into like um, a coin slot at the front of the train to kind of get out, um, and like basically uh, electric starts like fucking zap into the train and it starts fucking getting worse and whatnot the more coins they put in they find out like each of these fucking hand rest things that they've got can is like a letter of the alphabet so whatever they start spelling out this fucking word uh, oh, yeah could you, could you do that do you reckon <laughs> could you like immediately go and work out which letters which no I've got a fucking I did studied uh, English language and linguistics mate believe it or not I can speak and I wouldn't be able to do that mate I'm 29 and I'm still like A B C D E F. I'm fucking an, I'm an idiot oh they give this film so many points that I've had <laughs> all of them sat there singing that yeah it's like wait, we need a K A B C D E F. <laughs> but um Yes, just at the end of it. That's why you. No, no, skip that shit. Yeah, you, we we we're on a time crunch here, motherfucker. No time. Um. So poor ADHD, the autistic guy in the corner that needs it. OCD guy, just fucking shaking. Yeah, and he shouts out in the middle of the cinema like, "Fucking finish it!" <laughs> but um, yeah. So the the fucking train, the subway car is getting zapped. Uh, they figure out that obviously it's all previous survivors of escape rooms before we couldn't give a shit um, and uh, bald uh, bald thug I guess is the first one to die because he ha- he wanted to go meet see his girlfriend on her birthday um, I just this this was 15 as well right Yes. That certificate of 15. You remember Home Alone in the 90s? Yeah. PG, do you remember a great scene with Daniel Stern, uh, Marv, Mm -hmm. where he was electrocuted? Mm -hmm. And like you saw the skull. Yeah. You saw him shaking. It looked really good. I mean, cheesy as hell. B-movie as fuck, but it was great. Yeah. It was funny as hell. This is awful. Yep. Like, there wasn't even like smoke coming off him. His hands weren't red hot. Burnt down. His eyes didn't pop out, and they like didn't shit himself. This dude specifically keeps trying to put his hand on like the metal handrail, and people keep telling him like, "No, fucking stop it!" And then he does it anyway, and that's what kills him. It's just his yeah, own it's just like a little fucking stripper dance and humps the poles. Yeah, there. pretty much. Uh, so everyone else fucking leaves. Um, one of them's like, uh, yeah, fucking my escape room was because we were all priests and they wanted to see if Faith would help us out. Or the other one was they were all influenced, which was the uh, Brianna, which is she's not Mexican. She's uh... fuck if fuck, I yeah fuck no yeah yeah she's she's someone of a somewhere. certain ethnicity. And then. Uh, one of them which I actually found fairly interesting, which you didn't find out until later, was uh, 
Rachel, one of them, it was uh, consisted of people that couldn't feel physical pain, and they wanted to just see how far they would fucking like go through like a saw-esque fucking escape room. I'd watch that shit. You don't find that till the end. No, no, like not till the end, till it's relevant, and that's what really annoys me about this thing. Like in the original, and I'll oh, fuck me. I'm gonna give it credit. Uh, at least it was like interesting premises, and they kind of introduced it early enough that it impacted later. Mm-hmm. Like at least with the coat, it kind of set it up before it became relevant. Yeah. Everything in this film, everything that's relevant to the immediate plot, is set up moments before. Yeah. Because I think their audience are idiots mm-hmm. that have tiny memories. Yeah. Because. Like if if you'd have gone for the the woman the sore woman right that uh, can't feel pain, mm-hmm. how great would it have been? You have a shitload of tasks that start taking pieces off her. Yeah, she starts dying and physically crawling along, and everyone else has to decide. You know what? She's going to die if we don't step in. Yeah, if we don't go in there and we like if she had to do like the the whole thing in um in sore, we have to chop off bits of fat from your body. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, well, you don't feel pain, you do it all. And then they go, well, she's going to die. Yeah. One of us is going to have to do this. How great would that have been? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, you play off it, but no. Instead, they just they bring it up when it's relevant, which it doesn't feel earned. Yeah. And to be honest, the, the way they bring it up, it was a bit pointless. It just felt like a solution, you know? Mm-hmm. Not like an interesting thing, an interesting development, going, well, how long can she hold it without damaging her fingers forever? And, like, clearly she's going to still burn it. She might not feel pain, but she might make her fingers unusable. How long could she... There wasn't any of that. It was just, oh, she holds stuff, hurts, doesn't hurt. Yeah. Like, she accidentally puts her hand on, like, a, a, a oven top, and she's like, ah, oh, shit, I've just fucking burnt the skin on my hand, I guess. Yeah, there's no consequences yeah. for it. It's not like she put. It's not she doesn't recoil in pain, and that's literally the only hint that she gives towards that. And then, in the next, like in on the way to the next room, she's like, "Oh yeah, I've got this thing." And then in the next room, she dies. So, the more you learn about someone, the quicker they die. Is basically what you learn in this film. Um, oh, and the acting in this is awful. Yep. Like, compared to the last one, even, it's dreadful. Like, Brianna can't act. Rachel, actually, he's kind of giving a heart out. I've got to give it to her. The priest can't act. The fog couldn't act. It's just terrible. Um. So, yeah, they, they get out of the, the... The subway. Subway cart. Go down in a lift... That basically takes them into a large bank vault or a, a bank waiting area with a vault on the other end that's slowly closing. Um, they go, okay, let's just walk across this fucking large empty room, shall we? Um, stand on the. Look- just, before we get to this as well, one thing I nearly forgot is I left to go for a piss during this. Right. This junk, yes. And I perfectly described everything. Yeah, going back. You, uh, I'm not saying that to tru- to like trump my own horn and everything. Yeah, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I will actually say, yeah, uh, he did disappear. Um, 
So he left as they were literally just escaping from the train cart. He left to go to the toilet, came back when they were exiting the elevator, and he went, backstory stuff? And I went, yep. And then he just sat down and was like, okay. <laughs> he didn't ask what the backstory was. He just went, yep, yeah, all right, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> sat down and carried on watching the film. You know what it is, and it's going to come up later. It's yeah. going to be relevant. It's crap. Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, oh, they're still touching things. Fucking just stop touching things. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's fine. Uh, so they walk across this large fucking room, uh, or one of them does, and finds that they touch the floor and a shitload of lasers go off, and they're lasers that burn through shit, I guess. Because you need like a James Bond thing, I guess. Um, so they back up off the fucking tile that sank. Yeah, uh, Brianna jumps on it, the girl yeah. that's useless with the whole thing, and then the lasers kind of cut you open. I don't know how. Mm. It's not what lasers do, but films seem to love doing that. And uh, while she's been directed away from the lasers, she closes her eyes for some reason. Why would you do that? Because if she can't see the lasers, the lasers can't see her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go by peekaboo logic. Yeah. I'll live with that. Yeah. She's an influencer, so that's fine. Um, oh, fuck, she is, yeah. yeah. I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. Does that ever. That never comes up, does it? Nah, she's in the back taking Instagram photos, it's fine. Nah, that's not. No, that isn't what. Fucking happens, but... doing honey subscriptions. Yeah. In the background. Yeah. Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah. She's doing ads for. What, them. what do you reckon Minos is sponsored by? What do you think they shell out for? Uh, it's got to be ball grooming, hasn't it? Yeah, I'd assume it's old ball me- grooming. Old men doing yeah, this yeah. stuff. It's going to be ball grooming. Hey, rich people, do you want to shave your balls in style? You couldn't do Dollar Shave Club, could you? Nah. There's rich motherfuckers betting on fucking people dying. Dollar Shave Club, mate. I've got a fucking straight riser on for him. I've got my own personal fucking barber. Fuck you. They've got their own personal Filipino that uses their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Filed down perfectly. It chews the fucking stubble off my face. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um... Sorry, I'm I'm genuinely trying to blast through this as fucking quickly as I can. We just get yeah. sidetracked. Uh, key and lollipop stuff then. Yeah, would be shit if they had us in the lollipop, which I wouldn't have. I'd have ignored them. Nah, I mean, who notices a fucking jar full of lollipops when you're in an escape room that have has laser beams coming out of the fucking wall to try and kill you? I don't think I'd be like, oh, lollipop has key in it, but. Apparently, uh, Zoe does because she's a fucking genius. Um, she notices that shit, realizes that to the safety deposit boxes on the opposite side of the, um, unlike either side of the bank's desks, I guess. Um, starts going through it. There's a map on one side of the room. There's something else on the other side of the room. They find. Um, 
find like a, 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 a is it, uh, like ah, uh, what is it like a map case, like a map collector case? You yeah, know what I'm on about. And they find like bear a, in mind through the entirety of this, this is a higher than four percent success rate. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they've got like fucking three minutes to do all this, by the way. Which it took me about ten minutes to watch this, so that was bullshit. Um, Deborah Ann was a cunt, ain't she? Yep. Like through that, she designed this, right? Yep. So she designed it to be borderline impossible. Yep. She could have made it easy. Yeah, she could like, have, or at least doable. Yeah. She's a twat. Yep. But they have my daughter that wasn't introduced until right now. <laughs> I mean, you could have like still designed something, but made it easy. Yeah, passable. You get through like fucking. Here's a circle, put it through the circle hole. Here's a square, put it. They'd still fuck that up. Yeah, they would. Except for Zoe. She's a genius. But, um... Girl, girl fucking power. But yeah, so... Uh... They, yeah, they find this, like, fucking scroll case. They f- realise that there's, like, this see-through fucking bullshit in there. The priest is like I have faith, this is what I survived my last trial for and he starts fucking like leap of faith walking across this fucking uh, this floor eventually almost kills himself because he's a fucking idiot and God doesn't exist um, <laughs> don't leave that in uh, uh, and then Everyone has to go fucking save him because he's a fucking idiot. Um, oh, a scholar of our time once said, "Jesus walks. God shows me the way, but a fella might put me down." Yeah, Jesus walks with me. That was uh, Kanye West. Oh, beautiful sentiment. Yeah, great. it doesn't work, and he nearly dies. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's the thought that counts. Um. They managed to fucking get through it and fucking carry the dickhead father through the fucking room. Which they should have just fucking left him there because he dies in the very next one anyway. Uh, apparently the... Yeah. yeah. Who the fuck is Sonya as well, by the way? Uh, that's the daughter, I think. Oh. Yeah, it was never made clear. I mean, And the characters didn't know who she was. We didn't know who she was, so it was pointless. Right. Entirely pointless. Yeah, like maybe have a Amanda hint here and there. Yeah, to I hate to say reward. It's in inverted commas. People who watch the first one. Yeah, just give us hints. But no, so, yeah. they they make up a character and uh, add her in. Yeah. So there's little flashbacks at this point to. Um... Zoe talking to Amanda which these conversations didn't ever happen and it's like oh yeah I'm fucking I want to get back to see my daughter is there anyone waiting for you and all that bollocks and I told my daughter this one very specific phrase that will come up again in this film so remember it and she does so what's the speculation deleted scenes or uh, they remade it for the second film what that that scene, the, the, these Amanda scenes, yeah, deleted scenes no, or remade. They, they are literally, or, like, they are literally just trying to fill in fucking gaps to kind of explain why the fuck she's here now. That's all that is. Yeah, 
Probably. No, I guarantee it. They they fuck it. They they're assholes. Talking about being assholes, um, you get into the next room, like an uh, island, not an island paradise. It's like Blackpool yeah, it's like, level it's paradise. Like a it's awful. Esque beach. Yeah, but it looks shit. Yeah. Like there's a boat in the way. There's a terrible bar with a like tiny kitchen. Yeah. The crappy lighthouse halfway down the beach. Um, but one of the characters, like looking around and goes, "Well, this is impressive." Stop wanking yourself off. Yeah. Like, you clearly wrote that because you want to go to this effects department and go, oh, didn't you do such a job? Stop it. Just just don't. I can see what's happening. It's just fucking disgusting. Yeah. They, they fucking realise that the beach is covered in quicksand. Rachel starts fucking falling through and gets swallowed by the quicksand. So the priest is like, I'll save you. Ties himself, ties himself with rope, goes in, pulls Rachel back out, and then the rope snaps. He's dead. But I was thinking he cut the rope himself. I see. Like I the genuinely actor drowned himself in sand and cut the rope. That's I genuinely think that they're trying to fucking loop in a plot hole to go. Oh. But you didn't see him die, so he's gonna be the fucking dude for. He's gonna be the games master for the third one when it comes out. Oh no! I guarantee that's what the fucking shit's gonna happen. It's in a plane if, as well. You if, could do some god stuff with that, couldn't you? If the fucking writer for the next fucking film is listening to this podcast, and they're like, "Oh shit, I best change that idea," you don't fucking dare, because I want my fucking credit. Do you? No, take it. I'm not getting a credit. Now, yeah, give Steph all the credit. Motherfucker, I know for a fact you're going to make him the games master of fucking three, if there is ever a three. <laughs> Hopefully there's not, because that f- we are not covering that shit. No, that's why I did this early. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case there was a third one. It's like Joyride. I never have to do Joyride again. Yeah. And fucking Jess and Trav can fuck off and think we're doing the fourth one. Wait, there's an, there's going to be a fourth one. No, there isn't. Oh. I, I I don't know. But I'm gonna no, there isn't. There's never going to be a fourth one. I'm going to stay optimistic here. Fingers fucking. That's why we're doing this. So we never have to do it again. Yeah. But right, so yeah, so the the, the fucking priest does a hail mary and fucking swan dives into this quicksand like it's a fucking swimming bath. Um, Zoe realizes that that like she takes a pitch. There's like a, a shit shit camera on the fucking on the beach. She takes a picture in. There's a boat out in the the waters, but there's not actually one out there. They find the boat, and that's that leads to nothing. Um, yeah, they have a Bon Jovi like reference. I don't know what that was about. I have no fucking idea. Um, I stopped paying was that attention. For, like, Vinyl collectors who like listen to terrible music. Maybe. Am I one to talk? Really. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, that leads to nothing. I mean, the end of it. If remember right, they need to find the plug, or they can just climb up the uh, lighthouse and get out. Yeah, it ends up being like uh, they find the anchor to get into the the fucking the the kitchen thing. 
while Zoe's climbed up the um I forgot what it's called. Lighthouse. Lighthouse, mate. There you go, thank you. That big thing. Yeah, that it's makes fucking light. one AM. I'm I'm not on top form right now. Uh they climb up the white uh, the the White House. The lighthouse um <laughs> and she realizes that like, the sun comes off the wall and she's found a specific tool to fucking do it. And she's like, this is really fucking easy. Okay. So she thinks that she's found a way out and she hasn't. Um, yeah. I, I. In the continuity of the film, Zoe isn't that thick. Yeah. I mean, if she thinks everything's a clue, surely she'd think that Minos is quite smart. Yeah. And that, yeah, weirdly, they wouldn't make their exits this easy at any point. And this is clearly a fucking way to get back in the game mm-hmm. I don't get what the people were saying with that whole trick you oh she's out in the street she's safe no yeah no how stupid do you think we are apparently very <laughs> clearly she isn't like why would they do that why would they make it that easy and we're only so far through the film the random bitch is still alive we know this isn't the end of the film. Yeah. So, um, while the the three uh, idiots, I'll call them, are in the kitchen fucking about in there trying to find an exit because they are fucking like 100% certain that the fridge is the way out. Zoe is pulling the sun off the wall and she's found like a, like a sewer system looking thing that leads out. Um, I mean, I think once I found the entrance, go for that, personally. Yeah. Um, I'd like to go, oh, we were wrong, probably. Yeah. That's probably the exit. Uh, And then the three in the kitchens kind of are talking between all of them. And Zoe's like, come over here because we found the exit. And then the three of that Ben runs over for some reason. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to stand over here for a minute. Um, well, well, he shouts for Brianna for ages yeah. rather than you know climbing and shouting for her on top of the lighthouse. Yeah, with Brianna and Rachel still in the kitchen, they find a plug or something. They they find something to open the fridge, and they find that there's like a there's a yeah. doorway. Behind. Find a plug, plug the fridge in. Oh, that was it. Yeah, uh, and then Rachel gets up to the top of the lighthouse. Ben shouts for Brianna, mm-hmm. and ends up. Not having his fingers cut off, his fingers were just broken. That's a cock tease as well. Yeah, I want to like, see blood. I want to see his fingers come off. It's a fifteen. Yeah, you can get away with so much on a fifteen. So basically, as as like as the as the fucking room that they're in go, is going to shit. Like the, the the instead of like specific parts of the sand is like quicksand. Pretty much all of it is turning to quicksand at this point. So Ben kind of starts shouting for Brianna for about fucking five minutes even though he's a fucking idiot um, she obviously panics and she's like eh, and then fucking eventually just leaves through the fridge anyway uh, Ben obviously going alright I guess my five minutes of shouting for her is up he starts climbing up the ladder to the lighthouse while the ladder is kind of like sinking into the lighthouse so there's not much time to get to the top 
Um, which I genuinely thought, oh, his fucking fingers are going to get cut off. This this might yeah. actually be a decent scene. But no. No. Fucking just, ah, you hear a crack. And then you just, Broke his yeah, fingers. you just see him falling back into the quicksand in like slow motion. Then he's swallowed up by a terrible plot twist. Yeah. Um, and then Zoe's kind of like, I'm going to look down at him for like 30 seconds and then the, the the lighthouse starts sinking and then she fucking finally like pulls the finger out and she goes. And this is where you find out that Rachel can't fucking feel pain because they need to introduce it just before she dies. Um, and then... Yeah, so Zoe and Rachel think that they've made it out back into the city and they're like, yeah, yeah. And then out of nowhere, Brianna comes running at them and is like, no, no, don't let it close while the, the fucking manhole cover closes. Um, yeah, because they didn't escape. Yeah. <gasps> fucking plot twist for the ages. Um, fucking about the teenagers. Didn't I bet you they did see that one coming. They're not, they're not that thick. Yeah. Apparently, Brianna's been in this room for a while. Uh, or at least a little bit, because one load of acid rain has already fell. And you see, like. Yeah, how is she not dead yet? You see, small. What, what is she hidden under? I have no fucking idea. Apparently, store awnings, I guess. But whatever. Um. So yeah, acid rain starts spraying down from the sky every like two minutes and then it gets progressively quicker. It's like 30 seconds quicker each time that it falls. Um, basically, they figure out like after a load of running backwards and forwards, they get to an old fucking like London style fucking telephone box. The red one, not the Doctor Who one. Um sorry that's a police box never mind anyway um, uh, how about uh, the Bill and Ted one there you go the Bill and Ted one uh, there you go yeah, yeah that, that was didn't quite look like that but all the, it looked more like the Colin Farrell one in phone box yeah phone booth phone booth um, Joel Schumacher film so they yeah so they get to the phone box, they have to melt the padlock off the fucking, which is the plot hole that we spoke about earlier. Yeah, yeah the only piece of trivia in this film is that the plot hole of that lock would be rained off. Yeah. But again, there are so many plot holes in this that it could fill the whole page in trivia. Trivia. What a meaningless, nebulous term, eh? The plot hole list is probably longer than the script. Um... So yeah, they melt the padlock off the fucking uh, phone booth. They fucking run around a bit more. Um, Zoe jumps into the taxi uh, just before, like 10 seconds before the acid rain starts fucking dropping. The door closes behind her, leaving the two women, uh, Brianna and Rachel, locked outside. So, I mean, presumably Zoe designed that. Yeah, uh, not Zoe. Uh, not Zoe, Amanda, sorry. Yeah. Uh, presumably Amanda designed that. And I mean, far be it from me, I don't know how painful acid rain is, but I imagine it's not a pleasant way to die. Yeah, I imagine it isn't now. So Amanda's a psychopath. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, only one of them feels the pain, though, so swings and roundabouts. Yeah, for that's your what? No, she no. Yeah. <laughs> it's an you know what? It's an Instagram uh, influencer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, never mind. Nothing of value lost here. <laughs> Moving on. So the bottom of the back seats of the taxi fall out. So zombie, uh, zo- zombie, Zoe falls into the next room while fucking Brianna and Rachel melt to death. Um. And the next room is basically a child's bedroom containing a diary for a girl called Sonia, which at this point we have no idea who the fuck Sonia is. Um, the 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 diary has like a fun, well, it says a fun day, day out story with her mother. And it has the fucking... The phrase that she she was supposed to remember, that Zoe was supposed to remember in it, which clocks her on to go in, it's Amanda's daughter, nah, that she never had. Um, and then Amanda falls out of a fucking closet, because why wouldn't she? <laughs> well, that, that's a metaphor for the fucking plots in this film. Yeah. And it, yeah. That they just come out when they need to come out, and they're left in a closet, ready to be chucked at the right moment. Yeah. I think the, the biggest problem with this film, and I'll get into it at the end, but the biggest problem is that they started at the end of the script and wrote backwards to try to make themselves seem smart. Mm-hmm. That, and that's what you can do in some scripts. You know, you start from the end and you go back, but then you go over it a few times and go, you know what, that wasn't smart. How can I do up to this? How can I do foreshadowing better here? And they didn't do that clearly. Yeah. They've done one draft, gone from the end to the start, smelled their own fucking farts all the way. And God, that's clever. They'll never guess this. They'll never guess that. It's just cheap as shit. Yeah. I mean, this this bit's even worse. Yeah. Like, the the ending ten minutes is by far the most egregious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, willing to agree with that. Like, Ben in the fucking... <laughs> ben trapped... In a uh, little like Houdini glass tank, yeah, with water filling up. These they want Zoe to be the next game designer and shit, mm-hmm. and they need a hostage there. What would have happened if um, it have actually died, Ben? You reckon? Have they got like Zoe's mother just hidden away. Yeah, if if but Ben Zoe gives less of a ben shit about died her. in the first room where he touched a fucking metal pole and the electrified fucking um, subway cart. They would have no leverage. Just get a couple cut out of Ben. Yeah. <laughs> like a little Fonzie like, move. Like we'll kill it. We'll kill it. <laughs> Shake it about. Yeah. I'm alive. Oh no, don't kill me. I'm Ben Zoe. Save me. Remember all those fun times we had together? <laughs> um, so yeah. After fucking her falling out of the closet and being like, um, did you really see me die? No, you saw what you thought you saw. But if you didn't see it happen, it didn't happen. Which clearly (laughs) hints that fucking Ben's still alive. Um, And then she was like, yeah, they forced me into more. Well, according to the Wikipedia entry, I don't remember this part 
in, in the film because maybe I just blanked this part out. Cause... They forced her to make games no, they forced, or they kill no, her daughter. They forced her into more escape rooms. Did they? Apparently. And then... I can't remember that. Apparently, they asked her to make this escape room for Zoe because apparently they were close. Didn't get any of that. Um, and then... Basically, Amanda's like, I need you to become the next puzzle maker because then they'll re- return my daughter to me. Which... Yeah, is, is Zoe that interesting? Like, is Zoe interesting enough to spend billions on uh, making escape rooms but, for? But she's a genius. But she's a genius. Oh, would she be fun to watch? Would you want to watch her do escape rooms all day? Her, I feel like it'd be a bit boring. Her do escape rooms, no. Um, but they want her to make them for some reason. Yeah, why not get like a, a guy who designs escape rooms to do it? Yeah, that would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Like, yeah, or get a guy who, I don't know, the guy who did Takeshi's Castle, like the guy who <laughs> made all that shit. Get that weird twat to do it all. Jesus, can you imagine a deadly version of Keshi's Castle? How beautiful yeah, that would that be amazing. Be. I'd watch that. Non-ironically, either. No, that's what we need. We need, like, rather than the shit Hunger Games version of this, we need the Battle Royale version, the Japanese version. Yeah. Where there's just gore and shit, and no one gives a fuck. You get 100 contestants to start it, and they just die one by one. Like, in the hundreds, drop like flies. That's what we need. Yeah, so like the last like like you said, the last ten minutes of this fucking film is fucking bullshit. But um, yeah, so Amanda begs Zoe, fucking please be the next puzzle maker, cause I want my daughter back and all that bollocks. Um, and she doesn't really have a choice. There's there's no choice. You just have to do it. And then Ben's re- revealed by this like fucking color changing fucking window, I guess. Um, and then obviously Zoe's like, no, fuck you. Ben's fucking the room that Ben's in starts filling with water, but Amanda for some reason has a change of heart. Instead of trying to keep convincing Zoe or any of that shit. She's just like, okay, now I'll help you. Um, They help Ben break out of the room by setting his door on fire, which from memory, correct me if I'm wrong, Amanda is terrified of. Yeah. She's, yeah, horrified by fire. She just hides in a corner, to be fair. Oh, right, yeah, sorry. But she runs and sobs in a corner. Fucking help. Um, and then he's never seen again. Yep. They managed. Presumably, yeah. Deborah and Wall going off stage to kick her agent in the nuts. Yeah, so basically, they the, the water, it looks like the water that was drowning Ben is like leaking out of like a certain corner in the, in the make believe ha- like girl's bedroom, kid's bedroom. They pull the planks off the wall, leave. She fucking Amanda disappears. You don't see her again. Um, 
it's brought up in conversation with the police like yeah Amanda's working with us to track down our, our, her daughter and whatever but yeah that, um, probably not I don't think uh, Deborah Ann Wall is like I want to be in the next one um, so yeah they report everything to police um, who find the bodies fucking goes public about fucking Minos and all that shit and an FBI agent comes up like everything's fine everything's sorted we'll track down Minos we'll get everyone fucking everything's sweet so basically and again I don't know if it's because the filmmakers think teenagers are stupid or if it's because Zoe's an idiot and the writers are morons but I mean like you'd go I'd want to be in productive custody mm-hmm. I'd want to I've been witness protection to be honest yeah like you've pissed off a load of high powerful billionaires mm-hmm. like it's kind of like Epstein's fucking group and it those nutters yeah some guys that go to like a paedophile island yeah I want I, are the guys that are going to want to watch this I want to I want to specifically point out this next bit because it's fucking stupid if they've hijacked a subway car, bearing in mind, yeah, fair enough, a subway car is probably a bit easier to fucking hijack than, I don't know, a plane. But if if they've managed to do it once with public transport, would you be like, you know what, now's the time that I want to catch a plane? Well, you see, she gets on because um, they perfectly alleviated all her worries about Minos. With very specific phrases. Yeah, every, every like everything she said earlier, it was foreshadowed, Steph. Every everything, was everything that she answered. mentions to the therapist, like what would it take you to get on that plane? And she's like, I want for Minos to be out of business. I want Minos to be fucking like being hunted down and whatever. Like she says all this shit, and it basically happens. And she even points what? out, she's like, wasn't that a bit fucking easy? And Ben's like. Just it's getting done. You think that they made up the entire FBI and fucking police department? Don't be silly. So fucking baby's first foreshadow. Again, this is writing from the end, going backwards. It's to make themselves seem smart. Yeah, that's all this is. Yeah. So it it turns out that they did in fact uh, pretend to be FBI and make up an entire police station and all that bollocks. Um, somehow I guess uh, and then again Zoe's like yep job's done I'm fucking out of here we're gonna catch a plane back home Ben um, on board she realises that her therapist is on the plane and I don't know what the fuck you're doing if you're a th- if you're a therapist and you know that that plane is going down where the fuck would you get on it Okay, it's the fucking benefits of Minos. Great bonuses, great Christmas parties. Yeah, but you know you're going to die on the next fucking plane. <laughs> anyway, she yeah. fu- she finds a therapist on the fucking plane with a pen and the book that was a clue. And fuck you. And then uh, over the tannoy, the fucking... 
a person comes on and is like, "Well, did we? Did you? We did we give you what you wanted, Zoe?" And the fucking doors to the fucking plane closes, and sleeping gas fills the cabin. Well, fucking gas masks fucking fucking drop in front of people's face to annoy them before they die. And um, <laughs> yeah, that's their latest trap. It was all a cruel ploy. I mean, again, like, does this rag smell of chlorine chloroform to you? Yeah, I, I want to point out that they've made an entire... They've made an entire escape room to get her onto an escape room. Yeah, they did. That's basically what they've done. Why not make the first escape room the one that she needs to... Like, did it specifically need to be a plane for her? So if if they had like every single plane filled with gas going to and then back to her hometown. Yeah. We don't we like months. Yeah, we don't know which plane she's gonna catch, so let's just fucking fill all of them with gas just in case. Or did they like retrofit it in an hour? I just I'm I'm wondering what the logistics you know are. They it have is? like people around the country at that's, different airports ready to do that's it. That's what it is. When when they're like oh they tell you now you need to get there four hours before your flight leaves. They say it's for security, but they're t- filling the fucking plane with gas. That's what it is. Well, like she missed a lot of the planes at the start of the film. I'd be really pissed if I was those gas guys. Yeah, I'm like, like this indecisive bitch ruining my week. This is the fifteenth fucking plane we're filling with gas, and guess what? She probably won't be fucking on it because she's terrified of fucking planes. Of course, she's gonna be on it. She'll probably just drive there. Fill a car with gas, fucker. Not literally. Yeah. Fill a fucking room. Yeah. You had enough gas to power like the Auschwitz showers for weeks. Mate, she's in his fucking. She's on her own with the therapist. Why not just fucking gas her in there? The therapist. No one gives a fuck about the therapist. So gas her and the therapist. Put them both in the fucking escape room and be like, "That's your escape room. There you go. You're on a plane, bitch." Yeah. That thing's a lot easier. It fucking would, wouldn't it? There wouldn't be a whole fucking reason for the second film. You could even go, oh, here's, she, here's Deborah Ann Wool in the fucking plane. Oh, because she didn't actually die. Or or just be like, oh, she did die. Here's just her corpse on the fucking plane to antagonise you, you bitch. Fundamentally, right, now we've kind of finished with the plot. It's shit. Yes. It's awful. My biggest problem with the film, right? So these have like a 50% on Rotten, 40%. Mm-hmm. Some on IMDb, some on Metacritic. Most of the reviews I've seen online from uh, the public and critics are like mediocre to shit. Uh-huh. But apparently billionaires pay millions for this. I, 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 uh, I, I enjoy the fact, I, I've noticed it more so when we do something that's like actively shit like um let me let me get um let me get our podcasts up because i can't remember what episodes i'm specifically talking about but there are specific hostile free yeah there's specific episodes where i go on like a rant tirade for like most of the episode which i'm usually like I'm usually very placid, maybe. I'm usually just... Oh, The Hills of Eyes is one, I guess. Uh, the Mummy. I think this is too boring to justify one of those. Yeah. 
to be honest. It, it's got no life to it whatsoever. It's so paint by the numbers, which I think is worse than a bad film. Like something that's passionless. Mm-hmm. Passion, passionless. Passionless. Yeah, passionless. Passionless. There you go. It doesn't sound like a word. But something that's passionless, it's just worse. There's no creativity to it, no heart to it. Like someone like Birdemic, okay, it's terrible. But I can tell that someone loved doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was someone's dream, they put their heart and soul into it. They did everything they could. This is so paint by the numbers shit. There are certain films out there. Uh, I know where uh, the famous quote by Michael Caine about Jaws 4, when someone asked him, why'd you do it? He said, you know, I, I needed a new, uh, was it a new conservatory yeah. built. Uh, yeah, you, you get plenty of things like that. It's just paint by the numbers films, which are so pointless. It's just, uh, there's no relevance to them. There's nothing to learn from them, nothing to enjoy from them, nothing to take from them. They're the worst films out there. They don't even inspire discussion, really. Beyond the most base level of just taking the piss out of plot points and bad writing. I suppose to, to an extent, you know, you, you can work off it, like with the twist stuff we were talking about, and go based on a kind of what not to do level. Mm-hmm. But I mean, otherwise, they don't inspire anything. They're going to be forgotten in future years. Almost certainly, I'll be left in the pile along with millions of other crap, bottom of the bin horrors, uh, and if just a waste of someone's time, yeah, waste of effort, waste of money. Uh, don't don't keep contributing to this. If you are a teenager, if you're like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, for fuck's sake, don't keep watching. You know what films they are. You know what they're coming out. They're on Netflix, they're on Amazon, they're in the cinema. Don't keep contributing to this fucking bottom of the bin, teenager level horror. They're terrible. They insult you. They insult everyone else. And they they just ruin horror. They dilute it with crap. This is why the genre is looked down upon by everyone else. To, to be perfectly honest, if... If every fil- if every episode that we did that was I don't know what was I especially quiet on um, probably Hostel or uh, Silent Hill. If everything was like not good, not bad, kind of just like these kind of mediocre things, I'd be just like, yeah. I guess, fine. But when they're this bad, I actually have stuff to talk about. And if you haven't noticed, I hadn't shut the fuck up for these last three hours. So, it's usually Kieran that's driving this fucking, like, this whole, uh, plot. What pointless conversation? Yeah. you're usually the one. You're usually the one that's like going from scene to scene, explaining what's going on, and then occasionally I'll like step in to kind of like uh, embellish certain details or fucking give my points of view. In this entire fucking three-hour thing that we've done so far, 
I have not shut the fuck up because literally every scene in this needs like condemning and like I'm not like at this point you guys know that I'm like I'm like a fucking idiot when it comes to literally anything horror or just film (laughs) general orientated and if I don't fucking see the point of this fucking film or these like these films being in existence I genuinely don't understand why anyone else would so let me get this right you're willing to allow horror to be devalued and diluted by this completely passionless rubbish this completely soulless garbage uh, for your own self value and self worth no I'm saying I'm saying that although it makes for good episodes that I just fuck it or, or uh, I, I maybe not good episodes but I just fucking rant through them um Although it makes, it gives me stuff to talk about through them. Doesn't mean it's actually fucking good. So maybe stop doing it is what I'm saying. Give me less to talk about is basically what I'm saying. It, the le- le- less I have to say, the better. Because firstly, no one wants to hear what I say. Yeah, as an unintended benefit, I was going to say, no one get, has to hear what you yeah, have to say. No one has to hear what I have to say. I don't want to have to say it. And thirdly. This is probably the most I've ever spoken, like, to anyone in like a like a three-hour period. Usually, it's like I get a text message. It's usually like, "Yeah, fine. What do you want for food?" And then that's it. Like, I won't hear back from that person, and like they'll say, "This is what I want," and then that's it. That's the end of the conversation. I have not shut up for fucking three hours. So, with shutting you up and myself Thank up, you. to be fair, within three hours to conclude, uh, would you recommend Escape Room 1 or 2? Yeah, I would recommend them both. No! 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 <laughs> I know I, we often go to the what would we recommend instead. Have you got anything in your mind? That yeah, watch, watch No Escape, Escape Room. room. That one was actually better. <laughs> that, that was decent. That was fine. There you go, watch No Escape Room. There's a recommendation. Yeah. I'll take your word on it. Yeah. If you watch it and I, find I, it shit, yeah, then you can personally message Kieran. <laughs> watch what, my recommendation. Watch um, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 Dream Warriors. Oh, yeah. I'll, Not Dream Master. There you go. I'll, I'll probably... Uh, those those I'll two. probably have to watch it for this at some point, so uh, I'll leave it for then. Uh, in terms of news, I'd like to do this at the end because I'm not some twat who likes to waste your time at the start. Turn off, as you will, and have a good one. But uh, yeah, next up, Uwe Paul. Uh... Something with Jess and Trav as well, coming back. Oh, it did come back, and we've uh, recorded something with them. That second I get my heart drive, <laughs> yeah, second. Uh, we're ready to send it off. We're going to send it off. I've had a load of fun with that one. Yeah. And it's an actual good series. Good films. Staggering. And big stuff. Uh, we're doing something a bit bigger than the podcast stuff. We're having a shot at uh, making something. We're going to keep it secret 
until we actually get it up and ready. It won't be till the end of the year, but we've got it all rolling now. We've uh, paid for everything that needs paid for. And so, yeah, that's definitely happening. Um, that's going to be fun. Yeah. A, a quick thing. Uh, I put it in the last episode that went up, but um, if you guys haven't noticed, we've got a Discord server now. We've got a Facebook page. We've got an Instagram page. If you guys can show us your support, because we genuinely don't know how many people are actually listening, because the... Uh, place where we usually get our statistics from is fucked so if if you guys can like join the discord server you can talk to me you can talk to kieran through it it'd be great um but it actually gives us a kind of small guesstimation of how many people are actually listening to us because that's a scary thought feed our egos yeah that too Feed our egos or I'll find you. <laughs> I'll make you talk to us one way or another. Make this easy. Yeah. We'd... Don't make me fucking track you down. But yeah. Um... And on that note, have a good one. Yeah, thanks for listening, Cheers guys. Cheers for listening. And, have... and bye. Bye.